Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, starring myself, Cracket Zero. With me is Alex, and with us only in spirit is Charlie. Yes. So, for, for those of you who didn't know, um, Charlie is no longer with us. He has traveled to the Shadow Realm to fight off monsters in search of Jeff. Um, it looks like the loss of the Boston Bruins uh, <laughs> hit him harder than he expected. And he hasn't really been quite right since, uh, since the, the World Cup of Hockey, if you will. I don't know what it's called, but it's okay because Charlie's not here to correct me on it. <laughs> um, we just know that there's people on ice skates and they and they and they like have hockey sticks and they hit around a puck. Yeah. So, so that's... Uh, he's gone on to challenge uh, the bad guys from the Mighty Ducks one and two with Jeff. See, we see we don't actually know how hockey works, so I assume this is all a part of what normally happens. Yeah. They were playing around <laughs> hockey, if you will. And so, um, yeah, he's battling for the uh, soul of Jeff in the Shadow Realm. So hopefully he'll be back <laughs> next week. Uh, and there'll be redemption for the Boston Bruins. But as of right now, uh, this is the Henry and Alex cast. <laughs> yes. Yes, the puns will flow freely. Oh, yeah, that's right. Any childhood dreams and things you like, like Star Trek and Pop-Tarts, shall not be ruined this week. This is a, a friendly cast. Uh, there is nothing for Charlie to crush your spirits on. So, uh, and as, as it's just the two of us, we're literally only... You're going to spend an hour talking about WoW, and I'm going to spend an hour talking about my NES. I like this. This episode's great. It's amazing! <laughs> See, for people who don't know, uh, Charlie really stifles down the creativity here at the Wicked Awesome cast. And he holds us down. We want to talk about things that we enjoy. Like, I can rant about WoW for an hour, but Charlie's like, no, we're a video game podcast. We got to move on. Let's pull in the reins. And Henry's like, but I want to talk about my NES. There's so many good things about it. I know it's X amount of years old, but it's topical now. And he's like, no. And then he's like, whips us over the internet and we get into <laughs> shape. And then we just do our thing. So, um, yeah, today you know, is unfiltered. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, okay, so I feel a little guilty. Um, maybe, maybe, I think, for just in Charlie's honor, we should do this last episode normal, and then uh, next week, it'll be the full-on Henry and Alex cast, I think. If he Henry and make... Alex talk about WoW and uh, old consoles <laughs> The WoW and NES cast, yes. So, <laughs> stay tuned next week, unless Charlie comes back <laughs> to the Shadow Realm. But, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, no, but really, Charlie's out sick this week, so um, we decided to fill in, and he basically let the uh, he let the mice play this week, so we're gonna have fun, do our thing. <laughs> won't we? Won't I? Don't think we'll deter too much. We've got some pretty good news. Pal yeah, couple of really fun palate cleansers. We've got some. Uh, we've got some good. Uh, some some good news. You've got some. Oh boy, video game people are gonna be video game people news. So. Oh, I forgot to mention what number episode this is. Oh, See, yeah. this is what this is what happens when when the master is away. We f literally forget everything. So this is number one sixty. Mm-hmm. One six zero. 
Yeah. So um, I think before we jump into the fun stuff, Henry, go ahead and uh, tell us about your week, sir. Well, as for me, Shadowrun Dragonfall, actually all the Shadowrun games were running on sale, and that was super cool. And I picked up Shadowrun Dragonfall for like literally three bucks on Steam. Oh, nice. I like I like the system. There's there's only like little bitty things, really small things that kind of bug me about the Shadowrun game engine. But all in all, I really like the game engine a lot. I mean, I like tactical games like this. I like tactical RPGs and in general. And this this is a good one. It's I mean, I've heard uh, I guess. I've heard different things about the plot, but as far as the game mechanics, the game mechanics are sharp. They are super good. And a bit different from other... Uh, similar and different from other things I've played. It's it's quite similar to, I'd say, XCOM. X, the way XCOM works. Where you have action points and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's a... I've been moving through it, and I've been enjoying it. It's... I mean, it's a classic RPG, which I which I also enjoy. I mean, there's there's basically one way through the narrative, at least with 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 the narrative that's packed with it, which is nice that you can also create your own scenarios pretty apparently pretty easily with the Shadowrun game engine. But yeah, with the one that's packed in with Dragonfall, I'm actually enjoying it a little bit better than the one that came with Shadowrun Returns, and it's. It's a wider-reaching one, and I feel like the conclusion will be more satisfactory. The conclusion to the to the other one was, I don't know, after so much interesting character development and build-up, the end just seemed, I don't know, it, it seemed, it rang a little hollow, I guess, to a certain extent, because it, it just didn't bring in enough of the characters that they had built up for it. Like, it didn't involve many of them in the plot, whereas in this one, Every every character has an interesting, really interesting backstory that you get to actually take part in, and that's super cool. And so your entire crew has these really cool things going on, really cool backstories, and you play a major part in that, and it's really cool. So I mean, I'm really, I've been really enjoying Dragonfall a lot. It is, it's a, I'm in. I mean, even if the, I don't know, I'm not, I haven't finished with it yet, so I don't know what the conclusion is going to be like. So, uh, have you played the Shadowrun games? I've the newer heard ones? of them, but no, okay. none of the newer ones. Mainly on any of the older ones, I've like, I've, I've dabbled in, but not like any of the newer ones. You mean the older ones as in the ones for the SNES and Genesis? Or? Um... I can't remember which one it was. I, I remember I played a Shadowrun game a long time ago, but I honestly can't remember how long ago it's been. Well, I mean, these aren't... <clears throat> Dragonfall isn't particularly new, even I'm, though I think I think the director's cut, which is what I've been playing, is a little bit newer of a release. I think <clears throat> I might be... I may be confusing it with something else, actually. Am I? Yeah, I'm looking up Shadowrun just to make sure. Yeah, no, I haven't played this one before. I was confusing yeah. it with some other... Uh, what was I confusing it with? <laughs> Damn it. Um, a game called Shadow Fall. Okay. Was it? 
I'm so confused right now. <laughs> Not Killzone Shadow Fall, but there was another one a long time ago. But I, yeah, I can't remember it. I'm sorry. I got the name sounded familiar, but I confused it with something else. Yeah. So that's a so in the past, I have actually played a lot of Shadowrun just as a tabletop game. I've mm-hmm. played every edition from second on up, at least a few games of them, and so. I'm very familiar with the system and how it's evolved over the years. But yeah, I, I like the world because it mixes the cyber with the magic. I mean, there's mm-hmm. elves and dragons in in Shadowrun, as well as really cool cyber tech and biotech. So, I mean, I like the universe around it. I guess that's one of the things that drew me to it rather than playing... Uh, 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 rather than playing Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. which, as we know, Cyberpunk was also a tabletop game that came out around the same time. Okay. But Cyberpunk is just... It doesn't have magic in it. It doesn't have the fantasy stuff in it, whereas Shadowrun basically is all the cyber stuff, and we also throw in fantasy and magic stuff, too, and see how that meshes with a sort of a gritty Blade Runner-esque world. You know, so that... But yeah, it's 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 been a great ride. I've been enjoying. I've been I've been doing all the side quests because I I always do that in RPGs. Do you tend to run the side quests? Oh, absolutely. It's almost an addiction because I'll do a lot of the side quests to make sure I'm caught up before I do the main quest. Uh, I did that a lot, especially in Division Two, where like okay. I'll go off on a tangent and do a bunch of side quest shit I don't need to do, and then I'm <laughs> way over level for the main quest. But oh, it's just that's a, happened to me so much. Yeah. On games. So, oh, I did I. I've done that on Rift, where there's on, well, I mean, or not Rift, but in uh, Terra, because in in MMOs, there's, it's such a big world, and there's so many side quests, oh, I end up horribly overleveled for everything I do, because I do everything, because I'm like, ooh, that sounds cool, ooh, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a really bad habit I have, like, I've done that before. Uh, I know, like, especially in Final Fantasy XIV, I've done that, where you do a bunch of the side quests, and next thing you know, like, you're way over the level for the normal quest. And that's actually, yeah. it's, it's not a bad thing, but it's a waste of time in Final Fantasy XIV with a new character, because you get this crazy experience buff. So if you do the main quest, you don't have to do any of the side quests, because you get more than enough experience doing the main quest stuff to get through in power level. So it's yeah. it actually becomes a burden to do side quests in the very beginning as a new character, which is kind of odd, but it's it's their catch-up mechanic, which works in a weird way. So, or well, it's that's, one that's, of the catch-up mechanics. See, I never played that, but that's one thing that Final Fantasy has been doing for a little while now is this better RPG balance that's not grindy. So there's there I'm not I'm not talking against grind. I mean, grind can be enjoyable. And other types of RPGs, for instance, Dragon Quest still now tends to be a bit grindy. Whereas modern Final Fantasy, you could pretty much run through the game and never grind and you'll be fine. I remember the first first time I played an RPG that felt like that was really Final Fantasy VII. Like, you can just run through the game's main quest and you'll always be right about at the level you should be at. The only reason you'd be grinding is maybe if you want Chocobo, which you have to grind a little bit for that to, to mate and find the right Chocobo. 
and if you want to get like super good materia leveling up all the materia but other than that if you don't really care about that it's not really required for you to have a bunch of master materia i did <laughs> in the end but mm -hmm. it, you can really just roll through the entire game and and i like well bounce rpgs uh shadowrun is a even more straightforward rpg i would say and in that there's yeah there's plenty of side quests but yeah it's it is pretty much singular in its direction, but whereas Final Fantasy VII is more wide open, so is six as well. I mean, a little bit more wide open, but seven especially. But yeah, with Shadowrun Dragonfall, you could just, you don't have to do the side quest. You would probably be leveled up just enough if you didn't do any of them, but I'd say it'd probably be a little bit, it'd be a lot harder. I, I, it's still kind of challenging because the way the game system runs is, you don't, like, gain more, hit, like, I get, well, you can kind of gain more hit points, but that's not the way the leveling system works. Uh, for those not familiar, it works via a system called Karma, and you basically just spend those Karma points on improving your stats. Instead of gaining levels, per se, there's no levels in Shadowrun. You just have more Karma that you can spend towards uh, upping your st stats, such as strength and quickness and body and whatnot. But yeah, uh, I've been that's been taking up a lot of my time because it's an RPG, so I've been doing mostly that. I will mention this, and because I'm going to be watching it off and on, is uh, Summer Games Done Quick SGDQ is starting this week. Oh, nice! If you, so, if if those listening, if you're not familiar with GDQs in general, you can go to GamesDoneQuick.com and find out more information. But it is a 24-7 uh, charity. So it's for, for a full week, and it is a 24-hour charity where people will be speedrunning games. They'll be speedrunning ga uh, games the entire time. The schedule's set up, so it is, it's not just random. It's absolutely set up, and so you can go on there, you can see the schedule, see which, and if you're interested in seeing your favorite game played very quickly for a good charity then i'd check it out there the summer ones are the charity for the summer games done quick is doctors without borders mm -hmm. which that is one of my absolute favorite charities i give to them anyways like just throughout the year because i like them as a charity so much uh, medicine sans frontier msf doctor also known as doctors without borders fantastic organization but yeah, SGDQ is supporting that. Uh, all of basically all everything, all of the money goes straight to the charities because their overhead is usually covered by the various sponsors. Yeah. And I, so everything that's actually donated. So when they have the number at the bottom, like it's it's regularly in the millions now on oh, how yeah, much they no. raise during the week. They but yeah. Rush it every year now. Like the last few, last few years, they've always crushed it, and they always pick yeah. really good charities. Like I'm always happy with the charities they pick for that. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it's so that's starting this week. It's super cool. I I always catch it. I mean, of course, nobody watches the whole thing, but and I've and I have attended it once, uh, which was a cool experience. I did that several years ago, like mm -hmm. four, four like five years ago. 
but yeah, the yeah, it's awesome. It's for a good cause. It's fun. If you like to see really skilled people playing games optimally, eh, as optimal as possible, as well as give. And the thing is, they also have raffles. So if you give a certain amount of money during certain times, as well as there's some raffles for the entire time, there's tons of cool prizes you can get just by donating. So if you donate above a certain price point, you're automatically entered into several various raffles. So also, yeah, <clears throat> so that's also an additional incentive to give. But yeah, I... I will. That's I mentioned that as that is something I will be doing over the next week. I will have that on. It's on. You can go on their main site, and it is on Twitch. It's on the Games Done Quick channel as well. And so, yeah, it's uh, that's one thing I'll be doing next week. I'll have that on probably on my computer a lot. But yeah, um, but yeah, I yeah I mainly spent a lot of the week just really playing Dragon Ball. <laughs> be honest it's i I like to with tactical stuff i also tend to take my time and be really slow for each mission but anyways yeah that that was my week what about you um i had a pretty good week actually so um bloodstain just came out uh got released earlier and i was a backer pretty early on because i've i've always been a big fan of like the castlevania-esque games if you will um I didn't get a chance to play the NES ones a long... Well, I take it back. I did play a few of the NES games a long time ago. But mm. I think my first really big exposure to Castlevania was actually Symphony of the Night. As it was for a lot of people. Yeah. And I really liked Symphony of the Night. But I also really enjoyed the Castlevania franchise in general. Because mm-hmm. I've played, I played all the Nintendo 64 Castlevania games. And those were their first take on the 3D setup for Castlevania. They're not, they're not bad, considering... No. They're great, actually. I had a yeah. lot of fun playing them. Uh, yeah, they're they're impressive. They get they get some flack because of some funny choices. For example, skeletons on motorcycles, but oh. it's but it's fun. It it actually the game plays pretty well. I mean, for an early three D game in general, yeah, it plays it, pretty. They all they play pretty well, and they have some kind of cool designs and stories, and they're fun. Yeah. yeah. The mechanics and the gameplay and everything are solid, <clears throat> considering mm-hmm. it could have easily become a Superman 64 type of scenario, oh, but oh. It, it, <laughs> no, it, it, like, <clears throat> this design decisions aside on the skeleton motorcycle thing, I thought it was a phenomenal game, Yeah, really well done, so I, I've been a fan of the Castlevania franchise for some time now. I think I, for a while, I even played some of the Game Boy games that came out, <clears throat> uh, like Aria of Sorrow, <clears throat> I believe was one of them. Uh, but yeah, like yeah. I, I even watched the anime on Netflix. Have you watched that show, by the way? Uh, just an episode of it. Oddly enough, though, I usually didn't watch a lot of anime and game-related stuff. I actually haven't watched it all. So, when you have a chance, you should definitely check it out. Um, it, it's not English subtitled. It's actually English language, like not dubbed, but like it's it's good. Yeah. Um. The voice uh, yeah, actors- I've heard I've heard great things about it. So. Yeah, they're they're up to two seasons now. The voice acting's solid, um, and it's it's a it's a nice like. I don't think it's a story they've done yet. It's technically Simon Belmont, I think, at this time, or is it yeah. Simon? I forget which Belmont it is, but it's 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 a Belmont that first like works with Alucard in some sense and all that. So, it's 
it's really well done and it's an interesting take on Dracula and like it explains how he had like it adds an interesting twist on like it explains his castle it goes over like how like he summons the minions of hell and all that it's it's really interesting I thought it was really good I highly recommend it uh they're down to they're they're down to two seasons right now I'm hoping they'll do a third but I think they will considering mm. like how well received it was at least I I I've heard good things about it I haven't heard a lot of people complain about it so yeah I'll just say that but um yeah no it's um it's good so I uh obviously when I found out the guy who worked on Symphony of the Night is working on a new game I went on ahead and easily kickstarted uh like that was that was no hesitation at all I kickstarted the uh a decent tier for Bloodstained so the game officially released, and I have their. I guess there's a DLC that came out with it that I also got free. So I'm playing through that a little bit, and I like it. It feels good. It feels smooth. Uh, I do really kind of enjoy the the weapon mechanics. They ha- they have a couple little hidden elements which I really enjoy from Symphony of the Night, where like you can turn into a bat, but if you do a certain key command with D pad and then the action button, he does a special attack of sorts. Like weapons have that kind of mechanic if you will and their explanation okay. for demons and shard powers is really interesting so yeah i have not played it i mean and, and i and i've mentioned it several times before that i didn't back it because i wasn't sure if i would buy it or not and i haven't bought it yet mm-hmm. and i still don't know because i don't know <clears throat> there's so many other good just even metroidvanias out there and but this one looks well polished i mean of the kickstarter stuff that had been funded, I knew this would get made. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I just knew for certain this would get made because I looked at the teams he was bringing in, and it wasn't like, hey, I, it wasn't a, hey, I'm a lone guy and I'm just going to try to make this work. It's, I'm going to literally bring in every single professional team that's really good at doing this type of stuff that has games under their belt and knows how to do this stuff. And, yeah. They, they they super got it done, and it's as far as I know, it's a high quality piece of software. I mean, so that's that's impressive. Yeah, no, I I think he did really well, and I and I like that he like he trade stayed true to it. There is actually have you seen there was a a release date trailer that um he released. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but it basically talks about where it has a lot of the YouTube comments, the backer comments who are talking about how. Uh, you know, it looks all right, but some of the background stuff looks a little bit like washed out. It's not as exciting, and then like it does a montage of all that, and then it recreates the scene where like Dracula sitting at the table drinking a glass of wine, and he's like fools, and he throws the glass of wine to the side. Yeah. <clears throat> he recreates that, and then they announce that they actually have been working this whole time on really updating all the the background graphics yeah. and the aesthetics. I mean- did people not think that they would fix things since the demo? Yeah, I think people were just kind of concerned. And, I mean, I get it. It's a kickstarted game, so there is some concern on all that. But it was... But, it was. I like the way he addressed it. That was like, fools, this isn't even my final form, in a way. And then yeah. he, like, reveals the updated, like, design. And everything looks so well-polished. It looks really nice. Yeah, so, the end product looks fantastic. And I knew, and I, the thing is, look, there again, looking at the teams involved in bringing this mm-hmm. uh, to life, I was like, yeah, they're going to actually make a game, and it's probably going to be pretty solid, because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, 
unlike other Kickstarters that I've seen, which were just kind of like, oh, we'll assemble some people and do a thing. This one was really specific. We are hiring these specific people to do these specific things. We're hiring these companies in to do these things. So that just told me, this guy knows, he knows how to be a producer. Mm-hmm. He know, I mean, big part of producer is bringing in all the right people. And they did that, and yeah, I, so I'm not surprised that it's a high-quality thing, but I'm still not sure if I'm going to buy it. I'll probably end up buying it at some point, but not immediately, not today. If you like Metroidvanias, I would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely see that, and I do like them. I mean, the thing is, yeah, I even own Symphony of the Night. I own the Saturn version of it. Mm, which is, I think, what the best one, was it? No. 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 Um, it's an interesting one because it contains two extra rooms, a couple of extra weapons, but more than that, it contains a Maria mode, the original Maria mode. Oh, that's right. With, with the older Maria, because the newer one has the younger Maria or something in Maria mode. No, this one has the older, super overpowered Maria mode where she has like five times the health of, of, uh, of, of the Belmont, uh, what he starts with anyway um mm. uh, uh richter richter belmont she has like f- she starts out with five times the health he does so she can take way more hits okay. oh by the way if you are playing on maria richter mode they do gain life if you get the health pickups for them they actually mm. it does extend their life meter it's just not obvious because it's, there's no number oh, but okay. yeah she, but she starts with like five times four or five times the life he does and she starts with super overpowered magic powers. And she, she even has one she can cast to become invincible for a very long time. And not only are you invincible, you do like super damage when you touch anybody. She has this ridiculous one where she suits out a, a, dra- a blue dragon. And you can just spin it around the screen. While it's on the screen, you're invincible. And you control the dragon. Like a Gradius dragon. And you can just spin it around the scene. Uh, screen and just do super damage with it so yeah she's super super broken but it doesn't look as good because in the port instead of doing uh transparency it's a lot of dithering and dithering looks like crap be honest and on on it on it so the dithering versus the transparency it looks really rough and so yeah there's and there's some loading issues too, but yeah, that's the version I have. But anyways, Bloodstain. <laughs> I went completely off topic. <laughs> yeah, but well, it, it like I said, it's it's if you want to give it around, it, it's I definitely say it's a game worth picking up, especially if you like like Symphony of the Night. But, um, yeah, I've been playing that since it released. Um. Haven't touched Destiny 2 this week, unfortunately, but I do want to finish up the campaigns. And, of course, WoW, because there is a new WoW patch coming out next week. And uh, I'll, I'll talk about some of that in the actual rundown of all the stuff, because it's a really interesting... It's an interesting take now that, like, when you hear... De- well, I, I won't go too far into it, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of that WoW stuff, too. But yeah, basically, WoW and... Uh, Bloodstain have taken up my gaming news stuff this week. Um, as far as real life stuff, not much really went on this week. It's been kind of okay. Um, I did actually have. So I thought this past Friday I was going to get my wisdom teeth extracted. 
uh, mm. from my mouth. But I went there, and it turns out it wasn't actually the day of extraction. It was the consultation prior to the extraction. Ah. So, well, so, that would have that would have put you and Charlie out for this. <laughs> yeah. But it was funny, because I'm like, okay, I'm taking the week off. Uh, well, not the week. I'm taking the day off. Uh, so I had put in the request to my boss. I said, hey, yeah, I'm taking the day off uh, because I have my appointment. Uh, and so I put it in as vacation. And he's like, vacation to the dentist isn't really a vacation unless you're into pain and that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I replied back, no, I'm not into that. That's not my thing. But now, if I do say that in email, it seems like I'm kind of hiding the fact that I am. And now it's awkward. Okay, well, if you don't want me to come back, I understand. I had a good run. <laughs> and so he commented that on that uh, recently, which I thought was kind of funny. So, um, yeah, but it was that uh, was overall uh, disappointing because I thought I was going to get over with, but no, my extraction is until later. But mm. it's okay, it's all right. It gives me time to plan ahead. Um, but yeah, apparently it's going to be relatively kind of a pain, only because it's the bottom wisdom teeth. Mm. So, See, I had to have mine extracted a long time ago when I was when I was I did it when I was still a teenager. Ah, and and oh, the I had well the thing is I not only had them surgically extracted, but I also had like some other teeth pulled simply because I just had too many teeth in my mouth to fit, mm. and so they were all just turned and messed up. So. But yeah, and that that put me out for a long time. I mean, so I, yeah, but you're just getting it on your, on your, uh, just your, just your wisdom teeth. So. Yeah, because uh, I guess I already <clears throat> had my top ones taken out a long time ago, but the yeah. bottom ones stayed there forever, and so I think they're just time, time for them to go. They've outlived their stay, if you will. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I look forward to getting that done with. It's going to be good. Tired of it. So, anyway, yeah, that's it for me. Um, do we have anything else on the news, or that's it? No, Charlie, tell us about your. Oh, wait, no, he's not here. Yeah. Oh, Charlie. Wah, wah. Yeah, we can only do that joke so many times. So we'll I guess <laughs> we move on to news. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we got so we got a lot of news this week. Actually, there's there's quite a bit. There's quite a bit happened. I mean, uh, I ex it, I guess it. But I will say this: it's a little quieter than I thought it might be for post E3. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, like, lack of a better phrase, E3 blew its load really early before actual E3 happened. So I'm kind of not surprised they don't have any more news right now. Yeah, like, I mean, we, we yeah. were getting leaks and everything out like a week and a half prior to E3, and like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the ever lengthening E3, the ever lengthening E3 process. But yeah, it's yeah, it, but also I did expect it. Usually does quiet down a good bit because yeah, they've kind of got everything out of their system. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, yeah let's let's. Let's roll right into a post E3 news. Let's. All right. So, uh, apparently, the Cyberpunk demo, the first playable demo, at least for public consumption, 
will be at PAX West. So, I uh, they're calling that PAX West now? I thought it was just PAX Original. <laughs> Anyways. Um, well, I, th- I think because there's so many PAXs now. Like, you've got, what, PAX South, PAX East? Yeah. Yeah. So, they, eh, just, they just figured they'd just throw it on there, I guess. But, yeah, this, so, yeah, so they are going to be, yeah, it's only been shown off you know, just to us in screens and stuff, but they will have apparently a playable demo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess I, I there again. I mean, we know that CG Pro, CD Project Red has come under fire for the whole, you know, as well as many other companies for working working their devs so hard. You know, for crunch time and such. And mm-hmm. so I hope I hope that they aren't just super crunch timing people to make this arbitrary date, to, so that they have a playable demo. So, yeah, I mean, there, there again, I don't like these sort of artificial dates for, yeah, we're going to make sure we have this thing by this, I don't know. It's, I, I, I hope it's actually a date where, you know, we actually have a demo and it will be ready, not we're going to make everybody super rush that we have a playable demo for this big convention. So, but yeah, the, I think, yeah, I, I think they'll be. I'll be. I'll, it'll be neat to actually see some gameplay to see how the game mechanics work. Because the thing is, like for me, I, I don't care how. I care a certain amount how pretty a game is. I can't. I can't say I don't. I like mm-hmm. how a game looks. I like the game feel. I, you know, I like a good story, something that feels engaging. But for me, it's mechanics that make or break a game. And if the game has blah mechanics, or if they're just boring, even I won't be interested. I mean, if it doesn't have anything new to add, in terms of this being, you know, if it just feels like, for example, like Deus Ex when it comes to augmenting, uh, I, it, yeah, I want to see if it's, I want really want to see if it's going to provide something interesting in terms of game mechanics. Because honestly, like for me, The Witcher, what little I played of it, doesn't have, didn't have any real game mechanics that were special. Uh, uh, have, have you, did you play The Witcher series? Um, I have not actually. I mean, I've heard really good things about the last Witcher, but no, I I didn't play Witcher. Okay, I, so I guess it's a little unfair to to dump on it a bit, but I just didn't feel like its mechanics weren't didn't. There's nothing. There's nothing new there or interesting. I mean, when the all right. So I'll put it this way: when one of the most famous things about your game is a card game played within your game. Uh, that doesn't say a lot for your game mechanics. <laughs> I mean, we know that the stories for them are... I mean, that's that's one thing that is well known. The stories are great, but the game mechanics are just... Same as any other similar action RPG. Mm. Nothing's, nothing special there. When you can't obviously do special things there. I mean, you know, I, can, I can name you know, the Devil May Cry series. And Bayonetta and things like that. that you, you could... You could do cool things with the you know with action, but yeah, I don't know. I want to see what Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has to offer in terms of game mechanics because that's what we haven't seen any of. But yeah, yeah, no, uh, aesthetically all we got, it looks great. Yeah, but... all we got was a Keanu. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, it, it, Keanu is great, and I, I and I, I for me, I love some Keanu personally. And I've, I've I've liked him for a long time now, uh, but I think it really solidified for me because he did the Matrix. And I know people shit on the Matrix 
like sequels, but I did enjoy them a lot. But um, yeah, we haven't seen any gameplay. We've seen a lot of cinematic fun stuff so far, but uh, yeah, that's all we've seen for the time being. But yeah, well, continue on for sort of a little bit of about E3 in the larger sense. So apparently there are fewer attendees, not by that much less. And especially in comparison to seeing, apparently last year's was one of the biggest they've ever had. I think it, oh, I think it was the highest, it, well, yeah, it's one of the highest turnouts they've ever had for it, but mm-hmm. even still, uh, so it means that, yeah, it's not exactly shrinking too much. I mean, it, it barely, yeah, it, it so it shrunk by about 3,000. That's not that's not too much considering that it had sixty six thousand one hundred, and so yeah, I, that's less I guess, but that's still a ton. I mean, it is returning, but yeah, I will have to see. Well, we gotta also remember Sony skipped out. Like, yeah, Sony wasn't and, there, and who else wasn't there this year? I mean, Google did their thing, their Stadia thing, really early on. Yeah. Uh, Sony was the real big missing one. So, I mean, and that's pretty huge. I mean, that's I mean, that's the major part of the gaming market right now is PlayStation. So, I mean, yeah. So, but yeah, I I I have to see if any other companies are going to be like, I don't know if we want to do this this year. You know, if they want to do their own, mm-hmm. which means they get they get to control the narrative completely and control the environment completely. But yeah. Did huh? they say anything about how many were industry and how many were public passes? Um, I don't see anything actually, there. Yeah, I'd I like didn't to see, see anything. That yeah, that's actually more interesting to me than just the... Uh, uh, that's a good point. I will have to say that is more interesting to me than just the sheer numbers. Uh, yeah, I'd like to... I'd be more interested in seeing how many were yeah industry and how many were you know, just guests or, you know, general, general uh, attendees. Yeah, it, it would not surprise me if it was, like, more industry people decided not to go this year. Mm. And, um, what's it called? Yeah, it would be surprising if, if the industry numbers went down, but the public numbers went up, so. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think, and that's something they all, like, I think it's an interesting thing just, you know, well, I remember when they first allowing general attendees in period, rather than it just being industry and press. I, I think it's still in a, I mean, it still doesn't know its identity anymore in the modern era. It doesn't know if it wants to be a straight up convention or if it still just wants to be a giant commercial. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, and I don't know. I mean, if it's just a convention, we have tons of conventions. It's just that this is a convention that's just a, basically a several day long commercial for multiple companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So, what shall we talk about next? Let's see. Okay. Um, is there any more E three related stuff there, or uh, not E three? Let's let's do some uh, let's do some juicy stuff here. Real quick. All right. <laughs> Um, here we go. Let's go with, uh, this one here. Randy Pitchford. Oh, God. More Randy Pitchford news. 
Oh, yeah, everyone's favorite Gearbox person uh, seems to have diverted funds from Gearbox to a side company. Not exactly clear if it's a legal thing to do or not. Mm. And it's funny considering, wasn't there a controversy a couple months ago where he had a USB flash drive full of porn and other stuff? And yeah, so it was. And, and well, porn and corporate documents, like trade secret type stuff. Oh. Wow. Why are you carrying that around? Period. Why is your drive fucking encrypted, is my next question. Like, encrypt yeah. your drive. Windows gives you a free encryption software with mm-hmm. your fucking computer. Just oh, encrypt yeah. your shit. Yeah, anyway. I mean, the, the, yeah, we yeah tried to make it as easy as possible to have some security, but yeah. That's that about that was the thing, but yeah, yeah, many. So apparently, more and more evidence is coming out that yeah, he pretty much stole a bunch of money. Essentially, he siphoned a bunch of money to himself and put it into a side company. Yeah, apparently it looks like twelve million plus another. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and so like, this makes me not want to buy Borderlands Three. Like, if this guy's involved in it, I don't. I don't want to. This this again wanna... goes to me you on know, my my rather long rant last last week, which was basically if we're going to send a message, that it has to come from multiple venue avenues. That is, on one hand, you have your workers should strike when your CEO is garbage. Mm-hmm. Because to teach them a lesson, let, yeah, you may be the highest paid person here, but your job doesn't exist without us. If we aren't actually creating products, you have nothing. Nothing. So, and that message needs to be made very clear. But yeah, but also I believe that it's a, that the consumers should also be like, yeah, we're not going to buy your stuff. If your CEO is garbage. So, but yeah. But yeah, I, it's, yeah, the studio is still denying all of the allegations, but this is moving forward. I mean, the trial date has been set and everything. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if it'll go to trial. I think it'd be interesting if it does. I mean, I think Gearbox is going to be the one that's going to be desperate to make a, to make a, you know, for it not to go to trial, that they, that they much rather go to a sell settlement of some type, uh, because I mean, there again, they're being dragged through the mud right now, and this is new, this is PR that they don't need, especially when they're about to release Borderlands Three. So, but there again, it's like I don't know how much anybody will care about it, unfortunately. But yeah, anyways, yeah. That's but, the sad reality in this scenario. Yeah, but I, I kind of hope it does go to trial, but I'm going to say that Gearbox is going to be so desperate to just get this out of the news cycle that they're just going to throw money at it. They're just going to be like, here, take 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 a big settlement, please. It'll, it's all going to be if uh, Calendar, uh, the person drawing the suit, Wade mm-hmm. Calendar, if it's going to be up to him, really. I mean, the ball's really in his court. Like I said, I'm pretty sure at this point, Gearbox just wants it out of the news. Yeah. They don't, but, yeah. 
But this is, I mean, the details of this are scummy. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, he, he diverted money over to a company. He diverted money that he, that's not his. That, but he used his power as an executive to move that money over. I don't know what all was involved with that or, but that's really scummy. Is that's money that could have gone to, well, the people making the products at Gearbox. 15 million. But, yeah. That's, yep. Thank you, Randy Pickford, for continuing to be absolute trash. I feel like we should have a weekly segment on what did Randy Pitchford do this week that's garbage. Yeah. That'll be fun. Well, we could probably throw in a, we could probably throw in a bunch of different people. Like, oh, who, what was the garbage person or garbage action of a company for the week? Who knows? Yeah. But we do have a lot of candidates for that this week. But we, we'll, we'll save those for a little bit later here. But um, let's, uh, let's see. Go ahead and pick the next one. All right. Let's, let's maybe go... All right, uh, let's. All right, so um, let's talk a little bit about Stadia. All right, so apparently, all right, so well, all right, so this is Destiny Two news. So I guess this would interest you. <laughs> mm. I'm not. I'm uh, me as a person that's not actually playing, uh, playing Destiny Two. But apparently, yeah, the while we know that Destiny Two is going to have cross save over PC, PS4, Xbox One. Which mm -hmm. is super cool, but the yeah the uh, yeah they're so, apparently they're they're not going to have crossplay when it comes to Stadia. Yeah, with well, it, technically it's not crossplay; it's cross save. Cross so save, to, sorry, yeah. cross so save. You're, you're able to save your progress on one character on PS4, jump on the yeah. PC, and play that same character right where you left off. For some reason, the Sadie Edition is going to be its own thing, mm -hmm. separate from that, which is stupid because one of the biggest demands that people had for Destiny 2 was the ability to cross-play in the first place, yep. and now you're introducing a new ecosystem where you can't access your cross-play shit? Yeah, where you no, that's... Where you, yeah, that's weird, especially considering you have the other, th you know, the, main, the major platforms all with the cross-save, and then you have this one... The one that you're trying to sell as being convenient is not going to have crossplay. So I don't know why or how that went down. I have some ideas of why, to be honest. I'm, I'm going to say part of it is because of the amount of... Because that would mean that Google would have to keep the saves as well online. Because mm -hmm. it wouldn't be stored on your device because... I think very they very little is stored on your device. Other, you know, out, you know, just basically that you own the game or whatever. I mean, that's all. Or Stadia, the Stadia system will just be like, you know, register. You register. You know, when you buy the game on it, you register it and play it. But yeah, the yeah, I I think it's probably because they just don't want to put the saves in the cloud. Yeah, I'm a uh, yeah, not a. Not a fan, and so far Stadia sounds less and less and less appealing now. Yeah, especially, I mean, Charlie had brought up the the whole thing that a lot of these games, especially something like Division 2 or Doom, are very much twitch, twitchy games. They are games, they are reflex games. 
And mm-hmm. so if there's lag, there's input lag, like discernible input lag, that's going to ruin the experience for those games. It may not, I mean, that's the thing, it's, it doesn't matter for certain games, but for something that's really reflex heavy and really reliant on, you know, really seeing feedback for inputs, you have, yeah, there's, so there's just more and more about Stadia that's like, sounds cool, but in practice, not sure how well it's going to work. I mean, that's the thing, it's like, Input lag is the thing when you're just running it on your computer. I can only imagine when you're trying to send it off to a distant, you're sending your information off to a distant server. But, yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's you know, unfortunate news for, you know, some negativity on the Stadia. But that's the thing. I, I, I think that's a really cool idea. I think there's a lot of cool like, things about it. But the way it works in practice, I think, is going to be a rough one. But anyways, moving on. So, um, all right. So, all right. So let's 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 talk a little bit about one of my favorite games, Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mentioned last week that one of the things announced at e e at the E three is the quest creator for Odyssey, um, which I think is a cool idea. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't have it. I don't actually have Assassin's Creed Odyssey yet. I want it a lot, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, but apparently it's a really easy-to-use tool. But apparently people are just using it to create, here's how to level your character up really quickly <laughs> levels. <laughs> Yeah, power power boost uh, quest. It looks like. Yeah, <laughs> they're just farming quests. That's like you can just play them to basically cheat. So it's just like, well, it just gives you loads of XP. It just kill loads of stuff and get loads of XP. <laughs> so I I love this because one of the things they talk about is um, when it comes to this game. It was launched with $80 worth of microtransactions that included, quote-unquote, time savers that gave you XP and money boost. Mm. Uh, so now that they added the in-store creator and people are just bypassing that, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of nerf at this point. But how long has this game been out now? Do you think I mean, they care well, at the this creator- point? Yeah. And the, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I mean that, at this point, they aren't going to care that people are sort of cheating because... They aren't actually exploiting the game engine, to be, per se. They aren't using a glitch. I'll mm-hmm. say that. They aren't cheating in the sense of using some sort of a weird glitch in the game to pull this off, which, in that case, they probably would respond. But, in, but here, they're just creating really silly scenarios. Like, in this one, there's a uh, kill the Athenians, which all that happens is you spawn right in front of a group of friendly Spartan soldiers, who then kill a single Athenian before you can even move. It's just literally like instantaneous you get XP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's 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 not I don't I don't think I'd call this an, an exploit only because you gave them a quest creator where they can create mechanics for tools and quests. So Yeah. Yep. <laughs> if you thought people weren't gonna do this, you don't yeah. know the gaming industry. Yeah, are you yeah, you don't know the gaming community. We are garbage and we will cheat in whatever way possible. We will optimize and do whatever. I mean, that's literally GDQ. GDQ is all super optimization of every single thing in a game. 
you know, glitches yeah. or not. So, yeah. So that's a, that's a thing. Yep, good times. <laughs> it's not it's not to say that there aren't good quests. Apparently, they have been making some people have put some time into making some pretty cool quests for it as well. But of course, it's also the internet. So people uh, people are going to do stupid stuff. I imagine there's going to be some seriously ridiculous and silly ones as well. So yeah, I mean it it does go. You know, you have your good side and your bad side. Like you have. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, the new was it the new Super Mario Odyssey game that came out a mm-hmm. couple years ago? There was some really cool balloon, like like I said, like the Luigi balloon thing or whatever. Yeah, and there were some really cool things that people were doing with that. They were like some impressive locations and yeah. spots to like land at. But then you have people who were putting porn icons on their balloons. So you have like this back and forth of like sometimes people make some really cool shit. And sometimes you have people who are assholes. <laughs> so, but it is an unfortunate drawback when you allow certain types of freedom in games like this. So, but yeah, <laughs> it's kind of the two-sided coin of uh, this industry, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, let's see. Speaking of people trolling and doing things, um. Twitch is now suing the trolls who did the whole porn on the artifact page thing. Do you mm. know this saga of what's going on with this thing? Are you well, familiar we, with the I mean, we reported on it initially when it happened. Yeah. So you're familiar so, with the, the kind of the whole thing where people just kind of like <laughs> they kind of the artifact page was dead cuz like artifact is dead. Yeah, yeah, artifact is dead. And people just started broadcasting anime porn and anime porn. Oh, boy. Yep. So, it looks like they finally, um... It looks like they're actually going to be tracking down all the people who did this. And seeing them, which is really interesting. Which, but it's like, yeah, that's against your terms of service. And granted, I have to say that Twitch is still about actually enforcing their terms of service, like, really unevenly. Um, But, yeah, they're... The yeah, in this case, yeah, that's clearly breaching the terms of service. Mm-hmm. I mean, just rebroadcasting anything is basically against their uh, terms of service, unless it's something that Twitch is offering to be rebroadcast. Like, for example, during E three, you could rebroadcast E three with your commentary on it. I mean, that was that was something that you you were allowed to do. But outside of that, no, you aren't supposed to just, especially stuff that's like super questionable and sketchy so yeah so i mean for the people who thought that that was real funny yeah welcome to consequences and but the big thing is they filed a legal complaint yeah that's that see that's the thing they aren't just going after them like saying all right your terms of service are terminated they're actually pulling making a legal complaint i'm not sure what all that's going to involve but i think that they're looking to bring this to court to actually bring people to court i i'm a little surprised but i'm also very intrigued to see where this goes they haven't done this before yeah that's why i'm so it's it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes because like this is actual like like i like it because it's holding people who do dumb shit accountable for their actions which i think like i think if people if people understood 
things have consequences. Yeah. Maybe you won't behave like such a fucking idiot. Like, yep. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I, and yeah, I, I think the enforcement is important and a good thing. Though, the article here, at least I'm looking at, does mention that there might be a, a bit of a chilling effect, in it, to a certain extent, on the just chatting thing, which, honestly, I the, honestly I think it's kind of silly and too wide open for the just chatting thing. It's not very descriptive or very specific. But, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I think that, yes, they should crack down. I don't... But I wonder which bent they're going to go at it. Like, alright, so... And when I say that, I mean, are they going to go at it as they were breaking the terms of service, or they were doing, like, illegal stuff? I mean, or... or what what I, I'm curious to see what legal complaint they are actually going to bring against it. Um, I think... Yeah, I yeah, I don't know like whether it's going to be utilize our service to do something really bad. I mean, I don't know even know which legal angle they're going to go after this. I mean, you know, uh, of course I'm not a lawyer, so I can't even really speculate, but I do I am curious uh, uh, as this moves on like what they're going to actually sue them over. Like what what is Twitch going to sue these streamers over? Like what like what are the actual terms of it? I mean, we know what they did, but we don't know what legal tack they're going to take when they're going after this. So, hmm. But what do you think? Um, well, I, I mean, like I said, I, I for one hope they do hold people accountable for their actions. But Yes. <sighs> I don't want any bad precedents to be set here. That's the thing, too. Like, it's a double-edged sword. Like, can now companies mm. sue you? Like, well, I mean... You kind of have already had that happen when you have like, like I'll I'll use a big example, bots okay. in like World of Warcraft, for example. Yes, they sued the the company who was making the bots. Yep, and I think they won actually. Yeah, I I'd have to go back and look that up, but I I believe you're right. Yeah, there was a pretty popular bot. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a I can't remember what it's called, but they used to make like Diablo bots and all sorts of other ones. And I think they actually also got sued by Blizzard, and that became a whole thing. Um, yeah. You do hear stories of people suing people who do things like bots and hold private servers and things like that. Yeah. Players who do bad misconduct, though? I mean, in this, this case... This is a this, new precedent. Yeah, this is a content thing. I mean, they aren't, they aren't going for them, I mean, because they weren't playing games on the server. They were obviously just hosting content. So I wonder if they're going to go at it for using, you know, for broadcasting, you know, what is, you know, somebody else's IP that you're not allowed, you don't have broadcast rights over, if that's going to be their tech, or if it's going to be misusing Twitch's tools, which... Um, I, mean, I would say it would have to be a combination of, what is it, uh... Misusing tools, but also copyright. Like yeah. I'm guessing, the big angle they're going to go with is copyright, if anything. But are yeah. they allowed to, co to to sue someone for someone else's copyrighted material? Though, like, I don't know if that would work. I I'm I'm really intrigued to see where this is going to go because yes, this is essentially just like a lawsuit for bad behavior and 
there's there's an interesting statement here that says, all right, so they breached their contracts and in misrepresenting their identities on the site committed fraud. Now that's that's a if that's I mean there again they I don't think I don't think Kotaku really knows that much about it. But if that's true, if they're going after misrepresenting your identity on the site, as if you might remember, this was a big kerfuffle on Facebook on you know actually having to use your real name and a real identity or whatever versus mm. you know fake identities. It's like should that be allowed or should it not? But that's a weird direction. If they if that's the direction they're pointing, and that's a weird direction to go in, which I'm not sure I'm cool with. Like, what does it mean to misrepresent your identity? I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, what is, I mean, everybody has a, I mean, a lot of people have some sort of a slightly different persona they put on when they're streaming or when they're doing content. So what's, what, what establishes misrepresenting your identity and how, uh, I don't like that part of it. I don't, uh, if they go with that direction, that's, I don't really like that because, all right, so I'm going to say this. And this is this is a side note. I am completely cool with sin, anonymous or semi-anonymous identities on social media. The reason I say that is because there's some people in sensitive situations which, you know, maybe minimally might get them in a lot of trouble for speaking out. For example, some sort of whistleblower. Or it could be just as simple as a LGBTQ teen who is in a very who is in a very conservative area of the U.S., say, and just if people knew who they were, they might might have very dire consequences. There's also the thing of activists in some countries, act in some countries that are more have a more tendency to crack down on and kill activists of many stripes. And so, when they go on social media, if they get doxxed, they die. I'm not saying this about the. You know, this isn't. I'm not saying this about Twitch. Twitch isn't really being utilized for that, but that's that's not a good precedent to set, to set because it could put a lot of people at great risk. To say that, yeah, you can't have. You have to always be, you know, use your full name and be you on social media. I don't like that idea. I think that's incredibly dangerous, and I hope that's not the direction they go with. And I hope that the court doesn't rule on that because that's that's not good. Like I said, there's people that actually, and even people I'd say that have like, you know, that play games that have like their Steam user ID or their, you know, other accounts like that. Like if it has to be your full name and you get, yeah, that's the thing. Like people in some of these countries face more than just being maybe, you know, ostracized in their community or put out on the streets. They may indeed face death. So... Yeah, if I don't like that part of the case, if that's what they're going to go after, misrepresenting identities. So, yeah, that's so that's that's kind of my side take on it. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm just concerned. Like now that you've said that, like it is, I I want to see where this this is going to go. I I I don't know if it's like. You should totally see if you're doing something illegal with somebody's platform. I totally get that. That's fine. Like, yeah. you can file your complaint and do all that. I just hope, like, it doesn't become a thing where you have people, like... I mean, you hear a lot of drama about moderators on Twitch who allow certain content to go through just fine because they bring in the ad revenue. 
and yeah. others who do the same thing, mm-hmm. and they immediately get shit canned. So, I'm wondering, like, will this be used in that similar way? Yeah. I mean, in this sense, I totally am okay with them going after the people who were doing that, st- like, doing putting that content on their site. You should totally yeah. go after them. Totally get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But... Will this be wielded in a tool similar to that where you have Twitch moderators who have had very questionable approval processes and allowing certain people to get away with shit just because they bring an ad revenue? So. Yeah, we know about that. Yep, we'll see. I'm definitely going to be intrigued on this one. So we'll see how this goes moving forward. Um, But yeah, I mean, when it comes to social media, you should have kind of certain levels of privacy and this and that um as far as streaming goes so have you heard of it i've talked about it before but have you heard of a stream company called plexstorm no i haven't so plexstorm is kind of a nice combination of a 18 and over site where you can stream games but people also are like cam models in a way like oh, okay it's so a hybrid it's- of both so you can stream and just play games and do your thing there or you can also stream and like, oh, if you hit X amount of tips, you can take off your top, like kind of thing. Okay, and it's so, perfectly fine. Like it's an 18 oversight across the board completely. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Uh, I, I, I swear I've heard of that before, talked about it before or something. We've talked about it before here on the podcast because we were talking about opening up an account there and streaming because, you know, hey, hit all the platforms. But, um... Yeah, what's interesting about theirs, and I actually went through this approval process, is you have to prove you're over 18 by mm. submitting a copy of some legal identification. Obviously, mm. you can block out, you can block out, like, like for me, I sent a copy of a California ID, but they're like, go ahead and block out whatever sensitive material you want. Like, if you want to block out your address and your driver's license number, go ahead. It just needs to be the California ID and show your age on it and have a picture of you kind of thing. So I did and I got approval to stream on the site now, but Mm. yeah, it, it, that, that would be a really interesting process to go in, in a way like it is a, it can, it's a little more extreme, but I think it's like when you want to secure like the safety in sense of like the legality site, the legality on that, you need to, because then there's there's a way to hold you accountable because when you do that you're also agreeing to follow the rules and not do this though so. yeah but this is i mean that that's a, there again like plex storm is very targeted in a sense so oh, they yeah. because they're doing this they have to do this other thing they have to do the identity identity verification at least age verification not necessarily identity verification so that's yeah so that is that is a bit of a difference but yeah, yeah I, I didn't, I didn't know that about that. But that's interesting. But yeah, I, I actually, I was, yeah, I'm looking at the website. I was not aware of Plex Storm. Um, okay, so that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, unsurprising, no, an, an unsurprising <laughs> thing, I should say. Yeah, but I mean, it works. It, 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 you have people who are kind of like, you hear stories about some cam models who do video game stuff, and yeah, that's totally fine. Hey, you should, you should t- definitely hit all the angles. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think it'd be an interesting way to go. But I, I look forward to seeing where this this whole case is going to go and how how much the the long arm of the law 
long arm of the law will reach in this sense. So, yeah. So, um, just as a quick little side note, since we're talking about Twitch, um, so Twitch is acquiring Bebo. If you haven't heard of Bebo in a while, it's because Bebo has been through like four transformations as a company. So, jeez. So, I mean, we I know it as an old social media like so a competitor to Facebook and MySpace. <laughs> but uh yeah, they they've just been through all sorts of bought out by one, bought out by another, go broke, get bought out by another thing. Um now they're kind of a live stream provider, like technology provider, and organizing esports tournaments for live streams. So, uh, and they are tiny now. They're only like 20 people or, or 10 person staff. <laughs> so, oh, really? they definitely aren't what they used to be. Yeah, back in the competing with Facebook and MySpace days, they were much bigger. But because they've been through so many... I don't know why they've stuck with the name. It's not exactly a very cool name. It's not like... I guess it's simple and short, but it's not particularly meaningful. I mean, uh, it's kind of weird. But yeah, apparently Twitch wants them because they organize live streams. Or esports live streams. So we know that Twitch has already been very heavily invested in the esports community. But this is interesting that they want to... Basically, own a company that will do it for them. At least the the organizational part for these for the esports live streams. But hmm, that's a hmm that goes in the hmm category. Yeah, mm -hmm. like and also the why don't you have ten people at Twitch that could also do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't. Uh... Yeah, that's that's that, but that's the thing that happened. Bebo apparently, news to me, still exists, just in a completely different form than it ever was before. It's it's not it's not even you can't even say it's a shadow of the former company. It's just a completely different beast. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't I don't think social media is their big angle that Twitch needs to tackle right now. People. People well, still this is, post stuff about Twitch. Like, I just, <laughs> well, this isn't social media, as I was saying. Like, Bebo's no longer a social media company. Oh, that's they're, right. Yeah, no, you said they're a streaming they're, platform. They're they're a streaming platform and a esports tournament organizer. Hmm. Which I'm like, don't you have people at Twitch that already do that? But if, I guess they want the streaming thing because apparently it's. And this is something I'm also was not was not. I did not know about. Apparently, they have their own sort of thing that's similar to a XSplit or OBS. Their own oh. streaming software. So that's probably what Twitch is actually buying. So See, that that changes things. Okay. Yeah, because right now, Twitch, like if you go to their streaming uh, page, their streaming help page, it has how to use XSplit and how to use OBS. I guess they want their own client that's just for Twitch. That's, And I'm sure, and this is what I'm expecting, that we'll end up with a streaming client just for Twitch with very specialized functionality, very specific to Twitch, and tied in with Twitch's API so that it's easier to do certain types of overlays or integration, app integration, like with for Twitch's various apps that you can use. I, I'm going to just see that they're 
they're going to put out with put out a new platform or a new not platform but streaming streaming software that will integrate Twitch's func- current functionality and their app functionality. So I think that's I think that's that, that's an interesting move. So we'll have to see what comes of that. I mean, I think it's yeah. going to be yeah, I think it's going to be Twitch wants their own branded app for streaming to Twitch. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up also making a mobile app just for streaming to Twitch as well. But in any case, yeah, that's that's interesting. That I mean that 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 part of that acquisition is the most interesting to me. I mean the company, yeah, has a weird history. Look it up. Look it up on Wikipedia. It's a it's a bizarre history of for me. It's like why did you keep the name? <laughs> it's not like anybody really remembers or cares about Bebo. But yeah, but yeah, the acquisition of this type of software, though, that that changes things. But yeah, so that's a thing. <laughs> also interested to see where this development goes. I hope it doesn't fuck with the current applications that are out there for streaming, which would yeah. be really stupid for them to do that. But who knows? Maybe they'll do something like if you want to have zero lag real time streaming to the platform on Twitch, you'll use our software. Yeah. Which uses a special encoding setup. So Yeah, see that's another yeah, that's another possibility that they have some functionality that's not basically in any of the others. That's very specific to their own client. So hmm. Yeah, it's not like no, you can stream on your own software. It just if you do it on this one, it does it a lot better. Yep. So. Yeah, I look. I, 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 if they go that angle, I would not be surprised. It is kind of funny considering that it's OBS is free. It's not like they're raking in the dough on this thing. I mean, they just get donations. Like I donate to them, but they just get donations. They don't. <laughs> it's not like they're they've got this huge money thing. So obvious. I, I think a part of it might be. That they just want to make it easier, even easier to to broadcast on Twitch. Yeah. So they'll have an app where it's like you just type in your type in your user information and click a button and you're online. And that's that's what I'm seeing that uh, very likely thing from an app that Twitch makes. They make it because OBS and XSplit uh, take a little a little bit of time to to get the hang of to be able to use effectively, I should say. So. If they have a just out of the package push a button working type of app, yeah, I I see that also as as an as a something they might want to do and as an advantage in just increasing the amount of streams. But yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll have a uh, a uh, a branded version for certain games, like we'll have a League of Legends Twitch stream launcher. But <laughs> I really hope they don't. Do something. <laughs> but but yeah but anyways well, so moving on what else we got here we could talk there's there's uh we could do a little palate cleanser yeah let's do a palate cleanser all right so um so a the best the best commercial for final fantasy 14 happened it's it's for the new expansion, for the Shadowbringers expansion, and it's with Tom Holland and Hannibal Buress, <laughs> who 
I love them both, to be honest. I love Tom Holland. He's so pure. <laughs> he's, he's, he's such a such a little cupcake. He's <laughs> And you got Hannibal Buress, who just spends the time being Hannibal Buress. Just hilarious. I, I like them both, and I think they're hilarious interacting with each other. Like, super hilarious. So, if you want to brighten your day... <laughs> Watch this commercial because it's actually really funny. It's actually really good. I, I absolutely adore it. It's it's a it's it's definitely it's interesting and it's definitely not as cringy as some other sort of attempts at bringing in a big star to do your stuff. Like brings there and it seems like this is sort of following the tack of we're gonna bring in some people that are generally kind of beloved. Kind of beloved to do a commercial. I still remember the the Xbox Home. It was Xbox Home that they called it. Commercial they did with the guy from Breaking Bad, uh, Aaron... Uh, I can't remember his last name. But you know what I'm talking about, right? But um, did you ever watch Breaking Bad? I did watch Breaking Bad, yes. Aaron, Aaron Paul, um, you know, who played the, you know, the main, the other main character, not Heisenberg, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he did. He did a his Google Home thing, which was also kind of funny and kind of cool. But also the the most hilarious thing about it, that commercial, I just remember, it turned on people's, it it, it started playing people's games and started playing shows on people's Xboxes because <laughs> he was giving orders like you would give it normally, but. Google Home, but anyway. Yeah, I, I remember that. But, yeah, but this commercial, yeah, it's, it's and it is very specifically about the Shadowbringers DLC, or not, I guess it's DLC, technically, but... What? Oh, the Shadowbringers is a new expansion. Expansion, I should say. Yeah. It's a new expansion. It looks, um, it actually looks really fucking good. Yeah. Um, but I think it's funny because, like, normally you'd expect this kind of commercial from, like, like Call of Duty. They always have these big celebrity cameo, like, yeah, these big celebrity cameo-esque uh, commercials. But this time, it's, it's an MMO. The only other MMO I've known that has done big commercial grabs with, like, celebrities was World of Warcraft when they did their, like, I play a so-and-so oh, yeah. uh, class for a while. Like, you had... um. Mr. T played a night elf mohawk, which was his own made-up class, but it was supposed to be a warrior. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, there was that. They had William Shatner that. was a shaman. Yep. Ozzy Osbourne was a warlock. Mm -hmm. Vern Troyer was a no mage. Uh, my favorite, though, and it didn't release in the U.S., was Jean-Claude Van Damme was oh. a troll mage. Oh, I, I have not seen that. Because, yes. All right, so... Side note: I have a have a real super fondness for Jean Claude Van Damme. I, oh, dude, me too. I grew up watching his movies. Like that's yeah. the movies we had at home. <laughs> yeah, so, and he has a uh, lot of them, and they're all they are all Jean Claude Van Damme movies. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So the and it's great because it was it was a French commercial, so it was only mm. in French. Mm. His oh, yeah. his his native language. So yes. Oh, and I forgot. Chuck Norris is a hunter, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah, I think that I was another that. one. Yeah. So there were there've been a few uh, yeah. when it comes to these. So, um, 
<laughs> I think it's just funny, like, that you have another MMO now actually dabbling in this market, which probably means, and, and I know because these commercials came out for a while when they were in their peak, like, really good subscription numbers and just solid. So to see Final Fantasy fourteen pull out a commercial like this just kind of further proves that they've been picking up a really good, like, foothold in the MMO industry. So. Yeah. Which I'm happy for them. They've definitely earned it, considering they had probably one of the biggest roughest launches for a game ever i think um and they actually did it right do you know the history a little bit of final fantasy 14 when it comes to that yes i remember yeah i remember when it first came out people were a bit underwhelmed but then they like did some pretty changes not a pretty substantial changes in the year after right so what happened was the game came out and it was got such bad reception they felt so bad about it they shut the game down. Oh, yeah. And completely rebuilt it. Yeah. Like, completely overhauled it, and anybody who bought the original game got the new one for free, obviously, and I think a couple, like, of months subscription time. Yeah. And they, they gave them all the... And it came back, and it was probably the best thing that ever happened to it, because mm. they learned from their failures, and they're like, okay, you know what? We fucked up. And they came back, and it it's been a solid game ever since. I actually played uh, Final Fantasy XIV for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a solid game. If I didn't have, if I wasn't so rooted into WoW, uh, I would probably be playing Final Fantasy XIV more. And especially considering the new patches notes for WoW and it's kind of where things are going now, I feel a little bit better about where the game is. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't shy away from going into Final Fantasy XIV full time if I had a group of friends to play with there. So, yeah, I, it, yeah, it's it a does. Salt game. Yeah, it, I've only watched people play it. I've never played it myself, but I've watched people play it. It, it, it. The mechanics seem fun. The overall design looks cool. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I, the art style, the art direction. I think it's cool art direction. Yeah, no, I agree. It looks really nice. It looks, it, I, it makes me kind of think of watercolor paintings to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. The, the design of it in a, in a good way. I, but yeah, yeah. I li- but yeah, I like, uh, yeah, so, but yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> but now it has a delightful commercial. They've done some interesting marketing stuff with it. I mean, they've been like a themed weddings that you can do in it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you and, can buy a Final Fantasy fourteen themed wedding in Japan, I believe. Yep. So that's, so yeah, so this is, you know, uh, I kind of like it, you know, I mean, I, I can be pretty cynical about marketing when it comes to marketing, but, you know, sometimes it can be enjoyable. You know, uh, you know, when the piece of marketing comes out, that's actually an enjoyable piece of media like this. I, I can I can dig that. Yeah. All right. But mentioning. Wow. Let's 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 talk a little bit about Blizzard then. So there's yeah. some, there's some Blizzard news this week. Let's let's do the negative, and then I'll briefly. It's not in our notes here, but I'll briefly talk about a dev uh, spotlight that WoW did recently. So, okay, but yeah, go ahead. Let's let's do the uh, yeah. So, looks like more people ha- are leaving Blizzard. Obviously, the past couple months, you had the original one of the original co-creators of Blizzard leave. Yeah, uh, just Mike the, who is who is known as just the person like the real person that was associated with blizzard like 
he, as far as publicly. They called him the anti-CEO because his big thing was like push for the gamer's experience. Like yeah. make it the gamer's experience. And I actually um I met Mike Morheim a long time ago. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this story. Oh yeah? Yeah. So I met him at BlizzCon. I was sitting so first of all, this man is the owner of BlizzCon, CEO at the time, I believe, and he he could have been anywhere. Okay. He sat several rows back watching the stage from a seat with the public. That's cool. So he was sitting close to us, and I saw him, and I had asked him for a picture, and he's like, do you mind if we do it after? I'm like, yeah, no, no, not a problem at all. And so I was like, you know what? That's fair. Maybe he just doesn't want to do pictures. Like, he just kind of wants to enjoy the show. And he watched the show the whole time from that seat in the back somewhere. Like, just chilling. Right? That's cool. And I I thought he was just going to watch the show, and he was just being polite and was just going to go. Yeah. As soon as the show was done, he tapped my shoulder, and he's like, hey, if you still want that picture, I'm down. I was like, yeah, sure. That's so, super cool. Yeah. He, like, he remembered, and he was like, hey, hey, dude, if you want to do the picture i'm down so um yeah <laughs> he uh he took a picture with me and so like i said it's just the fact that like he could have just gotten up and like all right well you know i'm just gonna go and kind of disappear into obscurity but he generally just wanted to sit down and enjoy the show mm. and then like yeah just uh went on ahead and, and it was like hey by the way like you want to do the picture now that's cool yeah that's very cool man yeah Totally unexpected, and that's when I knew he was a just fucking stand-up guy. Like, super chill. Like, he could have easily just been like, no, I'm good. And no, he decided to uh, to be cool about it. And actually, I wonder if I still have it here somewhere, but... Yeah. Anyway, um, so people have been leaving for a while now, and so he's left. Um, the guy who voiced Thrall, who's also one of the big creative directors, solid guy... He's left recently, like, yeah. So. Oh, the Overwatch co-creator and commissioner left recently. That's right, yeah, for Epic, right? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, um, and so now it looks like someone else is heading out, and that is the global esports director, Kim Fan, departs Blizzard. And this was different from someone else. This is the Overwatch commissioner is the one who left before. That's who it was. And yeah. Yeah. So it looks like she's taken off. Uh, I don't know where she's going. Did they say where she's going yet? Um, I don't think that she's made any statements to that effect. Okay. So. But yeah, that's yep. Some more, you know, kind of higher ups leaving, and which is always interesting. You know, I mean, people actually in charge of things at a you know at an executive level. Mm. And. Yeah, it's interesting to see these esports people leaving. Do you think that's particularly meaningful? Um, normally I'd be like, well, people come and go. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. But I'm not surprised, and I'll tell you why. Okay. There was an article that talked about the guy who, um, who is it? The guy who's running a big part of the esports and all that stuff used to work for um who do you work for he used to work for fox sports okay so his big angle as of late has been 
wanting to really commercialize and make like that weird like really push vendors and commercialization and advertisers into streaming okay and run it from that angle run it like it's a sports event as opposed to like an esports gaming for the players type of event so a lot of people have discussed and said they're not happy with that approach and that he his word is law and he won't listen to anybody else's opinion on that matter hmm. so that's the that's kind of what i've been hearing the rumblings when it comes to that so it, it doesn't surprise me that more and more people are leaving especially from the esports side of things so yeah yeah, no, this is not this is not new stuff, unfortunately. So <sighs> I don't know, man. It's it's a weird time for Blizzard because I think to say more the and least. more more and more of Activision I feel is really seeping into it. Like Yeah, yeah. That's what everybody's been feeling. <laughs> yeah. And and you can and they can say it's not and this and that, but like as soon as Bungie separated from from Activision, a lot of really good changes have started happening. And actually, there's one in the news thing we didn't talk about, that, but they're even revamping the Eververse store and a bunch of other stuff in Destiny, too. Like, really? It's stuff that they... Oh, yeah. No, they're doing a big revamp on that. Um, they actually just announced it not too long ago, and it was something else that they couldn't have done if Activision was still involved. Yeah. So, so it doesn't surprise me that, like, Activision is slowly seeping further and further into Blizzard in this sense. Very fitting, considering this is what uh, the old gods used to do in WoW, and they would slowly sleep in and corrupt. So, (laughs) very fitting. But, I digress. (laughs) Alright. So, um, let's see. You want a palate cleanser or another topic um well let me let me talk about the the blizzard stuff that is oh yeah that's the, that's right yeah yeah so um battle for azeroth hasn't gotten a lot of really good reception since yeah. the whole announcement and everything else like it i mean the announcement was hype there was big hype on that but it yeah. just really feels like there was a lot of stuff that players were talking about in the beta for bat for battle for azeroth that was just flat out ignored a lot of classes just felt weird. The Azrite system is garbage. Mm. Period. Like it just feels off. Mm. So uh, they have a big patch coming out next week on Tuesday. Uh, it releases Nagitar, and it also starts to lead into finally taking on Queen Najara, which has been one of the biggest bad guys that's been kind of popping in and out for the last few expansions. She's a, she's a big name in the in the franchise, if you will. Okay. So, um, she's the next raid boss and the next raid tier. Mm. Um, but uh, one of the things that released was the trailer for Nagitar, which looks really good. It looks solid. But the other thing that's really interesting that caught my attention was um, shortly after that they released a dev spotlight with Eon. Uh, can't remember his last name, but he has a really long Greek-sounding last name, uh, and he's gotten a lot of he's gotten a lot of flack because he he comes from a law background, so he's very 
He'll answer a question, but it'll take him five minutes to basically tell you <laughs> yes or no. So he came out in this dev spotlight, and he basically talks about, like, you know what? Like, we've done a lot of class pruning, and that was a mistake. They basically are admitting there were a lot of mistakes they made on their design side and are acknowledging it, and they're working on setting things right. But to flat out say, you know what? Yeah, we went too far. This system wasn't well received. This isn't working. We kind of took away from this. And so with combination of like them flat out saying, like, yeah, no, you know what? We fucked up in certain sides is big because this next patch addresses a few of those issues when it comes to like gear progression and things like that. So it looks it it's it's one of the first positive receptions I've seen to some Battle for Azeroth news as of late. Because when Battle for Azeroth stuff was releasing, like even like the, the survival guide, if you look at the YouTube ratios for like thumbs up and thumbs down, it was bad, really bad. But this one is actually doing well. Mm. And this combined with the dev spotlight where they kind of go over this whole list of issues they talk about, it looks promising. I will say it looks promising. Hmm. So well, that's good. Um, Yeah. I, I, it's nice when when companies are willing to admit their mistakes and then, like, I mean, that's one thing, but to actually move forward is a whole nother monster. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest, when it comes to redemption arcs for games, <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen is probably the biggest one mm. because they flat out shut down their game and rebuilt yeah. it from the ground up. Yeah. Um, and then another one I would say, and I, I give them shit for it, but I have to say they've really turned it around is No Man's Sky. Yeah, yes, yes. I will give them definite credit on that. Like, the game as it stands right now is pretty close to what was promised. Yes. Agreed. And so, I, I, we, we, I, I'd love to shit on No Man's Sky. Like, I, it was great. <laughs> but, but, I will give them their credit when they've really listened and they've really pushed on getting the game right. Yes. They could have easily pulled an EA with Anthem and be like, eh, yeah, sure, well, we're, we're listening. By the way, don't talk about the problems that we're talking about. Look at this cool level. Yeah. Like, yeah. They could have yeah. easily gone that angle. Yeah, they could have but... pulled, pulled, a, pulled a Fallout 76. <laughs> yeah, oh no, the game was, we were expecting a little flack, and the game's doing really good. Mm. Um, Despite the fact that it's a giant fucking paid microtransaction bullshit, but Hey guys, battle royale and NPCs. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, yeah. No. But yeah, like but this... sorry. Go no. ahead. Oh, um, I was gonna say they're. I love redemption arcs. Mm. I feel like, like, for as much shit as I give a company, I'm willing to totally give them praise when they do something right. And like, No Man's Sky and Final Fantasy fourteen divert deserve the praise for having turned around their game. Yeah. I really want to add Battle for Azeroth or just WoW in this redemption arc. Yeah. But it's too soon for me to say. I really do. And and I will say partially because it's the bias I have towards World of Warcraft because I really enjoy that game. I've played it for over a decade now. So like I have a special attachment to it. But I also don't want to let that blind me from some really bad design choices and mechanics that are active in the game. So, I'm hoping for a good redemption arc. This looks like the start of a good redemption arc, but we'll see how it comes, like, how it turns out. So, 
I just wanted to talk about that briefly there. Um, and I think we can transition into speaking of companies that don't that say, yeah, no, we'll do things, but it doesn't sure shit doesn't look like it. Um, EA, I'm gonna do Anthem EA real quick. Um, uh, that's um, sure, sure, yeah. So yeah, so we've been talking about Anthem all, or you've kind of alluded to Anthem here a little bit. So <laughs> let's let's dive let's dive into that one then. Yeah. So looks like EA and the CEO Andrew Lootbox Wilson. <laughs> uh, actually, I haven't sent you that video, but I have to send it to you. It's a guy who talks about the Andrew the Andrew Wilson Lootbox and how he made that whole thing huge. Um, but yeah. He talked about he did. I guess he did an interview recently with Game Daily Biz, where he talked about how Anthem was a disappointment, but the game is compelling enough to its core where Bioware and EA are going to stick with it. Mm. Um, which I would hope so, considering the game's not even a fucking year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that'd like, be kind of weird if they just dumped it right now. It wouldn't be unheard of. I'll say that, but I would say for a company like EA, that would be absolutely unheard of. Like considering it's only. I mean, when did this game come out? Like, was it March? I don't even remember, because I never it's played it. Long, yeah, it's not long ago. But, like, it's already in this part, like, yeah, no, we're going to stick with it. We're not going to... You should be having this conversation. Not already. Like, not already. Like, a year or two from now? Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. Fuck it, it's not even six months old, and you're already talking about, like, yeah, no, we're going to go ahead and stick with it guys yeah yeah this whole ugh. i don't know man this i honestly think this game's not gonna recover at least not for a long time i i have to say one of the things he said was very telling though it's not like you know not surprising so apparently he compared the studio to steven spielberg not everything's a hit but we make money it's like is that really that's, I mean, it's good that you're being honest about that and all, but wow, that's, I mean, you're kind of giving away the whole game. I mean, that's, not that we didn't know that that's literally EA's MO forever. That's been their MMO for, for a very long time is, I mean, we know that from the, you know, re-release of the same Madden game every single year. They, they just, they care way more about profits than actually doing something Good. Henry, Henry, Henry. The grass physics, though, this year, though. <laughs> so good! <laughs> but, yeah, we, we we know what EA's about, but it's kind of funny that he pretty much, like, said that straight up, like, we make money, so who cares? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Andrew Wilson's a fucking scumbag, but anyway. Yep. Um, let's, let's do a few more palate cleansers. Sure. Just before we go more into the gritty here. Yep. Uh, go ahead. Let's. That's a good one. All right. So. All right. So. All right. So we have some smash news. Some. Uh, oh, sma another character release. Uh. No. <laughs> uh, Esports drama. Esports drama. Well, I guess it's not really drama. It's not like there was a problem here or any sort of a problem that happened. But we saw something pretty unique. If you're if you're familiar at all with with Smash with the newest Smash Brothers, Smash Brothers Ultimate, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, 
and familiar with the character tiers and kind of who's seen as high tier and low tier. So right now, Solid Snake is top tier. Like he's 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 been top tier for a while, and he's definitely still top tier now. A lot of the top players in the world use Snake. He's a very solid all around character. Has good range. Has a good mix up of abilities. He has. He, and and his and his kind of toys. That, I mean, like his mines and grenades and stuff. So mm-hmm. he's he's an interesting character, and he's also fairly heavy, like as a character too, mm-hmm. considering. So, so Ally is one of the top players in the world. He was at the he was at a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Tournament, and he went up against. A person utilizing my favorite character, my absolute favorite character in the in it, Isabel. Isabel, and it, for those not in the know, Isabel, while she is the best cutie in the, she is definitely the best cutie in the game, and she is <laughs> adorable and amazing, and I'm so happy she's in the game. She is not top tier. She is really not top tier as far as in most matchups. She doesn't do well. In general, she has some problems with range, at least with range for her actual melee attacks. And, but, yeah. So, normally, you Snake and Isabel would be considered a, most people would consider that a big mismatch. That this ally who's a top player playing a top tier character would just roll through the tournament. Mm-hmm. Not so this time. Bochi, a a very young, very young player, very new player, but already an experienced player, managed to beat him two out of three rounds with uh, with some actually some great comeback play if you watch the video, some fantastic comeback play. And some really clever usage of just multiple things, but yeah, managed to beat him. Bochi beat. Uh, but the thing is, this particular matchup, it works a little bit better than people think. So, Isabel has the ability to pocket stuff. Mm-hmm. To, to pocket projectiles and other any, anything that the other player throws out. A lot of things can be pocketed and she can toss it right back. Well, there's a lot of a lot of Snake's range control, as far as I kind of know, is done with his mines and his grenades. Because he can just throw them down or toss them down, like throw them below him or beside him or whatever, control the range, really control where the player's going. Well, she can just pocket that. So that so he can't control the range on Isabel as effectively as he can with other characters. Because she can also let loose these things that she's pocketed at any time. And so there's mm-hmm. a little element of surprise too, so so that's the thing, like one of his, you know, taking away a major tool. And Bochi utilized that to great effect. I mean, there's a lot in the match that's just really cool that's going on. But yeah, Isabel, she's now secretly top tier, I guess. <laughs> Do you- I don't know if you can call her top tier, but she's definitely a hard counter for a lot of projectile uh, spacing characters. Especially, I mean, if, if what you're describing about uh, solid snake setup, which makes sense. A lot of grenades and mines. She's definitely a good hard counter. Yeah, it reminds me. Do you keep up with Street Fighter at all? Not really. Okay, so it at Evo a couple years ago, 
there was a character. Um, who was it? Uh, PR Balrog is a player who used to play Balrog exclusively back in Street Fighter 4. Okay. And there was a guy named uh, Infiltration. A Korean player who did he played a different variety of characters, but Balrog was kind of his the bane of his existence. He wasn't doing too well. And he ended up picking a character who was low tier as well, which was Hakan. I don't know if you did you ever play Street Fighter Four? Uh, I'm familiar with it. I just haven't played it that much. Okay, so Hakan was a character who was new to the franchise, and normally he's not really that great. He's kind of slow. He's a grappler, very dependent on a mechanic where he oils himself up. He's a Turkish wrestler, I believe. Yeah, uh, is his character arc? Yeah, or character story? Yeah, but. He turned out, I mean, even though he wasn't exactly high tier or anything, he turned out to be a super hard counter for Balrog in that mm. game. And he was able to turn it around and actually beat him and sent him to losers, I believe. Uh, wow. So it was interesting. To see, like, it reminds me of that, like where you pick a character who's not exactly top tier, but the way the character is designed is that they have good hard counter mechanics. So... Isabel just sounds like the bane of Solid Snake players' existence, but there's only so much though. Like I'm not gonna take I'm not trying to take away anything from this Isabel player because you can have a character who's a hard counter, but if you don't know how to play the character, you're not gonna win. Yeah. So this character this person, uh was it yeah, Bachi is absolutely skilled, especially for you know, for being fifteen, like Yeah. She's absolutely solid. Yeah. And so I like crazy I good. Crazy yeah. good play. That like just watching that match, it's crazy good play. I mean, I just, love. I love hearing stories like this. Like, yeah, where you have people who are young who are like coming out the work, pulling out some really cool stuff. Yeah, there was um, what was it? Uh, it's like it kind of reminds me in a way of Sonic Fox. Sonic Fox is a little bit older now. Mm, yeah, but like when he popped into the scene in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, he <laughs> he he was fucking people. Up and he was a youngster. He just turned, I think, eighteen or nineteen, not too long ago. But he's been involved in in fighting games for a little while now, and he's yeah. he's a he's probably one of the best players currently involved in fighting games because he's also able to jump between different games. He had a solid setup for Marvel's Capcom Infinite. Um, he did play a little Street Fighter Five, but not as much. Um, he is godlike in Dragon Ball Fighter Z and Mortal Kombat. Mm. Any, any, sorry, let me take that. Not just Mortal Kombat, NRS games, NetherRealm Studios games. So, yeah. Injustice, Mortal yeah. Kombat, those games. So, he's he's one of those guys who's just stupid good. Hmm. Um, there's actually, have you heard of, <laughs> do you follow a lot of FGC or fighting game stuff in general? Not really. I mean, I see it occasionally when it pops into game news, but I don't really follow it. Okay. Uh, when you have a chance, you should check out the story of. Sonic Fox versus a guy called Perfect Legend. Okay. Um, it was really, it's a really great story because Perfect Legend was an old school player, talked a lot of shit about Sonic Fox, Ooh. and they had a first to 10, and Sonic Fox swept him 10 0. What? That's amazing. That's so awesome. It gets better, though. Oh, karmic justice. Oh, it gets even better. They give him the mic, and he talks about how I never said Sonic Fox was a bad player. I said his fundamentals are bad, and I also said in the matchup, I said I would destroy him playing this character, but as you can see on the screen, 
that wasn't the character he used, and people were like, ah, started talking shit. And so they did an extra three matches, and he swept him in those three as well. So he went. <laughs> oh, he went, I love that. He went 13 and zero in a first to 10. Get wrecked. Get wrecked, son. Pack your bags, you're destroyed. done. And it was hilarious because, like, they changed his name to, instead of saying perfect legend, it said perfect one three end. So they replaced <laughs> the L and the three with the 13. To see like, yeah, it was. Oh, it, if you ever want karmic justice, that's one of the best ones out there. But Aww. anyway, youngster coming into the scene destroys you know solid players who people thought were favored to win. Yeah, same scenario. Yeah, like with this Isabel player, and I give her kudos, and I really hope to follow her career. I really hope to seeing her show up at Smash and like destroy people at Evo, like. I would hope to see her at Evo at some point because we need a nice flurry and kind of variety of players because you hear the same names every yeah. year for yeah. Smash players. Like, I'm tired of hearing about, hearing about Hungrybox. I'm tired of hearing about, you know, all these other guys who show up every year and compete. I'm not taking away from them being good players. That's not what I'm about. I yeah. will say, though, it's nice to see people throw a wrench in the engine of the standard players, so to speak, so... Yeah, and I mean this, and it does kind of it goes to one of my own criticisms why I don't tend to play Smash games, All right? So mm-hmm. I've always been ambivalent about the game mechanics, whatever. But it's the fact that they don't balance it worth a crap. Like there's no character balance. Their tiers are so far apart. I mean, there's like between upper tier and lower tier is just there's such a wide gap. I mean. That's why something like this is a little bit surprising that, you know, a lower tier character would have a good, you know, I guess not completely surprising, but a little bit surprising. But it's surprising mm-hmm. for me for Smash, because Smash is so poorly, poorly, poorly balanced. It's just, it makes, and to me that takes some of the fun out of it. I want to be able to play whoever I want. I want to play the people I want to play, like I want to play Isabel or you know, Samus or, you know, any other characters who aren't necessarily, well, Samus is higher tier, but, you know, I want to play mm-hmm. whoever I want to that plays in the style I like to play in, I like their moveset, but if they're so underpowered versus other players, it makes it not so fun if you just get wrecked every time you go go and try to play, so. But, yeah, but this is, there again, I think this was very cool seeing somebody utilize their, a, a matchup that only makes sense if you think about it, but generally seems like it wouldn't be one that would work out. But yeah, um, yeah, I I hope that that Bochi continues. I hope she continues, like kicking some butt. <laughs> and and I I don't even know what her main is. I I, I imagine that Isabel is not her main. But yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, but yeah, I I think that's yeah, it's cool. <laughs> But yeah, I love Isabel as a character. I just think she's, yeah, she's the best. <laughs> like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. So, uh, we shall see. <laughs> yep. Alright, so, I want, I want to get this in before what I kind of see as our main topic. I want to just talk about this a little bit. So, um, I have been talking a lot about unions for game devs. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something I bring up almost every single podcast, and and this is, and we're we're gonna talk about it a little bit again. So, 
Bernie Sanders has gone on uh, has gone on social media, uh, on Twitter and on Facebook, in support of creating unionization in the game industry. Good. He's the first the first candidate I've ever seen talk about that. Nobody else. Nobody else has talked about it, and that's the thing. It's like, all right. So I, I I'm not going to make this political talk. I'm not going to go too much. In, I don't want to go too much in that. But I'll say this: it's rare that we get positive things about the video games or video game industry at all from any politician. Mm-hmm. But especially like people, you know. One one thing about you know people mention about Sanders: oh, he's old. He's way more clued in than people literally a third of his age. I mean, there's young senators and representatives who could be talking about this, and yet. It's it's the much older older dude that's talking about this. It doesn't come as a surprise to me because he as a candidate or as a politician has been in support of unions forever. Like he's always been a big, big union guy. He's always been a big fan. And so that part of it doesn't surprise me at all that oh, Bernie Sanders is in favor of unions. Yeah, he's always been in favor of unions. But in this case it's you know, they're a little bit surprising because he is this much older politician. I have to say that his finger and at least his team, they, they're they on the pulse of what's going on. I mean, and, uh, you know, it's I wish it would have been talked about way earlier, but, you know, there is one candidate, one presidential candidate only, that's talking about video games and unionization, and that's Bernie Sanders. And, yeah, like I said, that's impressive, but it doesn't, it's completely in line for him to do that because to A, be in support of unions and B, have his finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world. Is, that's the thing, it's like he, he leads, he doesn't, and that's the one thing, like a lot of the stuff, he's the first to make the statements on this stuff. He's not following up on it, he's being consistent and leading. That's super cool. I like to hear when when legislators are actually getting involved in making things better, like for the gaming industry in this case. Like like you know, we've talked about in the in the in previous ones about various legal issues and you know, sometimes I'm very much in support of the government getting involved. And in this case, like or at least politicians talking about it. And I love that he's made a very public show of this. I mean, so his his tweet, if you if you go to it, I mean, basically says the video game industry made forty three billion in revenue. That's just revenue. Um, and yeah, more people should be a part of that profit. I mean, I believe that about all industries, but yeah, definitely with the game and the the industry that I've been a part of and then still a part of that i'm glad that yeah we're seeing some good movement here and kudos i mean yeah so that's awesome and you know you know i you know you know in the purpose of full disclosure yes i am a i am a bernie sanders supporter i am and so but that's i i just brought up the news because it is very newsworthy but yeah I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter, but this is a cool thing that everybody should be able to get behind. I don't care what your political affiliation is. 
you should be for workers having better rights and being treated more fairly, especially with the fact that we know that devs put in are forced to put in so many unpaid overtime hours. I mean, a 80-hour week, 90-hour week is not unheard of. And that's crazy. That's a crazy amount of hours. It's like not sleeping amount of hours. But yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy that we've got a, you know, not not like a a very well known politician saying this. Not just not not a not you know not a maybe a lesser known person who's he's 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 a internationally known figure in politics now. And so for him to make these statements, fantastic. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. I mean, and then earlier this early this year, didn't we do a story about another legislator who actually presented uh, a bill or something to look into when it comes to loot boxes and that whole thing? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. It's I, nice, like, regardless, because I think that was, I think that wasn't Bernie Sanders who did that. It was, uh, I forgot where he was, a Republican from somewhere else. I think I it wasn't where. it, wasn't it just Justin Amash? I, th- I think so. I don't know, but we'll, we'll find out. But whatever political aisle you side on, I think we can agree there are certain things that uh, that should be bipartisan. Yeah, and like I, I like that this is reaching more and more, and I, and I think we're reaching a point now where gaming is starting to slowly seep into where people want to talk about it and actually make sure there are certain laws passed to make sure everything's okay. Yeah. So I. I'm for it. I'm, we've talked about unionization for games before. I 100% support that. And I'm totally glad Bernie Sanders brought it up and is bringing up a big thing, considering he has a lot of kind of news reach. And yeah. like to have someone like him bring it up is, is solid. And I, and I 100% support that. Yeah. So that's super cool. Yeah. And, uh, and, I guess we can, we can kind of. All right. So first, I'll, I'll I think I'll talk about something. Since we're already talking about loot boxes, so this is just a quick one to move us into our main topic. But Gears of War Five will not have paid loot boxes, and I have to say, smart move. Get ahead of the game. Certain countries are putting all sorts of restrictions and the USA is also looking into doing so. So Mm. a lot of countries with some large user bases like China have already made it pretty much. Yeah. A a national, a a national law that against basically against certain types of loot boxes. So now, yeah, let's just, and so here's war five. They're just like, yeah, let's not do that. And this is actually announced on a developer blog that no season pass, no gear packs, DLC maps are free for matchmaking and private play. There's a new tour of duty system to earn loot, and all store purchases are direct with no RNG. So that means no loot boxes. No, no, which I don't necessarily have a problem with all loot boxes. For example, I have a lot of fun opening the loot boxes for Overwatch because you get them you can just get tons for free. You can just constantly get low more loot boxes and all the time completely for free. And they're all one hundred percent cosmetics. Mm-hmm. So I'm not against the idea of loot boxes, but money loot boxes, yeah, that but yeah, I'm but yeah, smart. 
you know, even on a corporate in any level smart, Gears 5 is just like, yeah, let's not let's not do the loot box thing. I mean, they can they can do still real money transactions in the game, so I mean, they aren't getting rid of that. They aren't dumb. <laughs> they completely mm-hmm. do away with a source of revenue. But, you know, avoid trouble. Might as well. Just don't even wade into it. Stay out of it. Sounds like a smart move. Yeah, and I'm down with, like, if you do direct purchases. That, mm-hmm. That's totally fine with that. Like, if you have stuff that, like, hey, it's direct purchase, that's fine. But at the same time, I don't want it to be something where it's, like, it's a pay-to-win scenario. Yeah. Like, like it. I'm down with direct purchases if it's pure aesthetic. I'm totally <coughs> fine with that. Like, uh... Some places do it right. Some games don't do it. Like, okay, so an example of somebody who does it somewhat right is actually Epic. Okay. When it comes to Fortnite. Because you can buy the skin you want directly with coins. You don't have to do the llama, which they do also have loot boxes, which is kind of weird, but they also have a lot of stuff you can unlock through doing the season pass. Which is a good thing to do. You should give people a way to work through the game and play it to unlock things like yeah season pass i've 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 got no grief with yeah it's fine um when you go the was it the call of duty model where you have items you buy that are pay to win yep and loot boxes and season passes and all this pay to win bullshit in the game you paid full retail price for is garbage Yep. So, um, a kudos to Gears of War Five if they're if this is the approach they're going with, like all store purchases direct. Okay, cool. That's fine as long as the store purchases aren't pay to win. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. I'm not. I don't want to pay full retail price on a game and then have to pay for the pay to win shit. I don't imagine Especially- they would with Gears of War being as a series. It's never really been about that. So, it's always been more about the game mechanics rather than what gun you're using. Well, I mean, they said the same thing about Lord, uh, Shadows of Mordor or whatever it was for Lord of the Rings. And look at the second one. They tried to add all those loot boxes into yep. a single-player experience, and yep. it was so bad, they ended up patching the fucking store out of the game. Yep. <laughs> yep, I remember so, that. Yeah, I. some people, I would not be surprised they do shit like that, but I'm hoping Microsoft does something right here, so. Yep. We'll see, but... Um, good for them. If this is what it looks like right now, good for them. But, of course, certain companies have a different view of loot boxes. <laughs> Slightly different well, view well, on loot boxes. Henry, Henry, Henry. They're not loot boxes, okay? They're surprise mechanics. <laughs> and they're super ethical, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so. so, if you if you don't get the joke we're going with here, um, recently, um, there was a UK Parliament Digital Culture Media and Sports Committee that met, and they had representative from EA and a representative from Epic appear before that panel, uh, to discuss you know mechanics in their games and things like that, and they talked about some of the. Uh, they talk about there's some evidence that could show a close link between loot boxes and gambling, especially when it comes to adolescents. So, like, this is, you know, 
teenagers, kids who are on the machine, on their computers playing the Fortnite, and they're just, they just drop cash to buy stuff in the game. Like, and it's, it's a real thing. Like, this is a real addiction. Like, not necessarily the idea of loot boxes, but gambling yes. is a real addiction. Yes. Doesn't matter the medium. Straight up, it's yes. A, yeah, it is a flat out addiction. That's why you don't have kids who gamble under the age of 18. This is why a couple years ago when you had the CSGO Lotto fiasco come down oh. because it was essentially gambling for kids. Yeah. But I think even more telling is I hate executive speak. Surprise mechanics. They, so they actually called it surprise. Oh, it's not a loot box. It's surprise mechanics. Go fuck yourself. It's n it's yeah. loot boxes. You just don't like that name because it's been associated with something bad. So, of course, as a executive scum, you're going to be like, we'll change the words. We'll use different words with a different connotation. Yeah. No. It, it, no. It, Henry, 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 it's not rape. <sighs> it's surprise fornication. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Yes, changing the semantics of it doesn't change what it is, but that's literally yeah. what they're trying to do. It's such a typical PR move. It, uh, just hearing that alone, their attempt to rebrand loot boxes, really is sickening. But I'm glad that people are seeing right through that. They're like, yeah. no, yeah, we're not idiots here. Yeah. So, they... And it was, you know, what's sad part is it wasn't just the EA rep. They also interviewed this person from Epic Games, and they kind of were saying it's, you know, similar. Yep. Like, they kind of were speaking similar things. And they talked about how, like, um, was it Fortnite doesn't have loot boxes when just in fact not true. They have the llamas you can buy, which drops items you can get. Yep. So they're lying about that. Um, let's see what else. And they were comparing it, like, the comparison they made for this was, well, it's kind of like a Kinder Egg. You know? You, you, you open the chocolate and there's a surprise in there. Yeah, the thing is, though, people aren't lining up like crazy for Kinder Eggs like they are for things like Fortnite. Nobody's reselling things inside of Kinder Eggs because of the worth of what's inside of the Kinder Egg. Like exactly. the, the the Kinder Egg, or the the toy part of the Kinder Egg is completely incidental to the to the chocolate that is the rest of it. The very very nice chocolate, by the way, that is the rest of the Kinder Egg. And no, it's incidental. It's a fun thing added in. It's not something that people are buying twenty Kinder Eggs so that they can get the little toy that they want. No, it's just kind of a little fun thing. Oh, oh, cool. There's a little bitty little bitty model airplane in here that I can put together or you know other little things or a little animal you know little, it's it's just it's not something people are collecting not really and I don't know there might be somebody out there who's buying up cases of kinder eggs to get that one toy but that's not what people are doing people are not compulsively buying kinder eggs so that they get the the one little toy that they were trying to get that's a ridiculous Ridiculous, ridiculous comparison. So I want to throw a little funny wrench in the situation. EA, a company that wanted to make a lot, wants to make a lot of their money selling loot boxes in the United States, compared it to Kinder Eggs. 
which is Kinder eggs with the prize inside are banned in the United States because it's considered uh, it's a, it prohibits confectionery products which contain a non-nutritive non-nutritive environment or object inside of it. Yeah. So essentially, the comparison of loot boxes there would be a bad example for the United States because in the U.S., Kinder surprise eggs are banned. Yeah, it, you it, can't it works. Buy them or <laughs> yeah, it works when talking about the you know in England. And the EU yeah. in general, where you can get them, but yeah, that falls flat on the U.S. because we have yeah. Kinder stuff here. We have Kinder some things, but those aren't Kinder eggs. Well, <laughs> we have Kinder Joys, which is the it's the chocolate without the toy inside. Yeah. So the surprise eggs, which are the ones they're comparing them to, are banned in the U.S. So yeah. let's run with that example. I, you know what? I think it's a great example. Let's go ahead and ban loot boxes in the United States if we're going to use the Kinder surprise egg. As yeah. an example for that. Yeah. I, let's run with that one. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well done. Nice self-own. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this was just so stupid. And here's the other thing, like, that I just want to point out in here. When you, like, even if we use the Kinder Surprise Egg, for an example. Yeah. The item that you get from the egg, you physically own. Yep. These are digital items, which once the game closes. Goodbye. You don't own them anymore. Yep. They're gone. Yeah. So you don't actually own them. You're leasing them, or not lease, but you're in a way you lease them. Yes. For the life of the game. Straight up, you're absolutely correct. So, again, horrible fucking example. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not there again. They're trying to uh, use this equivocation, this total bullshit equivocation, to make what they're doing seem innocuous. That's why they their examples were. Kinder eggs and Hatchimals because they want to make it more innocuous than it is. But we're not idiots. It's, that's the thing. It's like, it's gambling. And to act like you didn't make it specifically for the purpose of taking advantage of people's of, of psychology, you're going you're gonna to sit here and play innocent on purposely playing on gambling psychology. You're either a liar no you're just a liar you're just straight up lying you're just you're just trying to just try to say anything possible to make what you're doing sound palatable and act like oh it's no it's totally innocent this gambling part of it was totally unexpected we totally yes you you designed it for this i know this because i teach about this like, I've literally, this is a part of a class, like, whenever I teach mobile and social game design, I literally talk about monetization. And I also, and in game design in general, I talk about how to utilize the way psychology works. Like, even, like, I even bring in, like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and stuff like that on how to mm -hmm. utilize certain elements of psychology and sociology to create game mechanics. And for them to act like it's totally some sort of a a a a side effect no this was the point this is the point you created it to sell you created it to sell via the gambling via the psychology of gambling and to act like it isn't there again these totally completely off the wall comparisons which aren't even they aren't even remotely close yeah i mean there like i said it's like a kinder egg it's it's incidental but even if I'm talking about other things, so I buy blind boxes on occasion. 
like mm. for for different little products. Like I have a blind box that I picked up for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for like keychains. Well, mm. I know no matter what, I'm getting a JoJo keychain that I get to keep. And you know what? And I think those, but those, and I believe that maybe those types of physical loot boxes might need to be restricted as well. I'm kind of ambivalent ambivalent about that as well, even for the real world ones, like a you know the and it's more common with the sort of tiny toy blind boxes, but they're pretty cheap. Few of those things are expensive at all. It's like you're not going to spend more than 20 bucks on the type of blind box stuff I'm talking about. Mm. Or even buying the loot crate stuff, you know, that you can order online. That's still a certain amount of stuff is guaranteed of it. Like yeah. certain things but are... The thing I want to like, but even you, with that, even I mean, if they're questionable, you physically own the item. Yeah, but even with and that, if, I think you have to be over eighteen to buy the loot crates. I believe so. Yeah, I but I think you can you could buy them for other people, but I think you have to be over eighteen to buy a loot crate, like the loot crates that we're talking about, even like the yeah. physical and, ones. And the thing is, there's a certain dollar monetary value promised. Yes, from each box. Yes, That's absolutely. For the good ones, for for ones that aren't these, you know, we've talked about sketchy freaking websites selling the most ridiculous ones where you pay a hundred and you might get a hundred dollars and you might get like a thousand dollar thing, but you're most likely going to get a ten dollar thing. Yeah. yeah. Now we're like not that, talking about that, those. We're talking about the loot crates where you know it is. This is this costs twenty dollars and the worth in there is forty. It is minimally at worth at least forty dollars of of goods in this crate. That's yeah. but that's not what they're doing in these digital loot crate loot loot boxes at all. Yeah, like I'll give you an example. For a while, I was subscribed to the Marvel crate that mm. was coming out for a while, mm -hmm. and minimum they did it every two months, and minimum I got at least a T-shirt and a pop figure out of it. There was a bunch of other stuff in it, but minimum I got a pop. Figure and a t-shirt. And those two alone, that's that's a good 40, 50 bucks just by itself. Yeah. Easily 40, yeah. 50 bucks by itself. So Loot Crate at that point is already well paid for itself. Absolutely. So, and again, if tomorrow the Marvel company that sent those out closed down, I still own my t-shirt <laughs> and my pop figure. They, they don't fucking disappear from my dresser <laughs> and my fucking shelf. Wouldn't that be amazing, though, and awful? That would be that if that's what technology has evolved to do. We are wasting our technology <laughs> doing shit like that, but we should be doing other things. But like, that's the difference. Like tomorrow, if Pop as a company went out of fucking business, bankrupt, they're gone. All my Pop figures stay on the shelf. <laughs> they retain their value. Yeah. In games like these with these loot boxes, when that game shuts down or that game stops running, all of that is gone. Yeah. So it's no, it's it's fucking dumb. But, but yeah, for EA and Epic to say some scummy shit like this is really unsurprising. Yeah. I know they're focusing a lot <laughs> on the EA side of things, but yeah. like they've also talked to Epic about some of these loot box things and like, yeah, no, we think they're ethical. They're yeah. fine. They're just, I, and I think there was a slip. I remember reading somewhere there was a slip of the tongue where they said, "Yeah, I mean they're executed unethically, but they're ethical." And I think that was a slip of the tongue, or something like that. Yeah, kind of like a little, 
uh, Freudian slip, if you will. So, but I mean, that was actually during the whole thing. Yeah, and these are way, these yeah. are carefully calculated games of chance. It's not just like we created this kind of random fun thing. These are carefully planned, carefully calculated what your percent chance is of getting every single item. And it is mm-hmm. calculated as such to take advantage of human psychology. It just is. And for them to act like it's this innocuous thing that's just incidental, that's also lies. Just lies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, um, they're full of shit. Um, if you have a chance, it, did you watch any of that actual, uh, that whole meet up with Parliament about that? No, I didn't. I didn't watch. I, I watched the little bits of it. Okay, so there's a really interesting tidbit in there, and that somebody caught it. I was listening to another YouTuber talk about it. Okay, um, but they talked about how, just out of curiosity, um, did you h- hire someone to coach you? on how to speak at these parliament sessions and what to say. Um, and they admitted later on, yeah, we did. And they're like, yeah, we know it shows. <laughs> but that makes so, sense. I mean, but that's not totally unexpected. Of course they prepared. They had their prepared remarks. They came in to talk about freaking surprise mechanics. Yeah. So yeah, this whole, they, they, and, but the thing is, I have to say like, I've I've been impressed with UK's different committees. All right, so this is something that I I, I got kind of firsthand knowledge of. So when I was when I was going to school at the University of Sussex in England, uh, based in Brighton, England, if you anybody's familiar, south of London. So they had a there's a chemistry department, and while I was there, they were thinking of shutting it down, of completely closing the department because there weren't that many students there were there at the time there weren't that many students in the department mm-hmm. this is also a department that has produced nobel prize winners and is actually kind of renowned i mean this is so it, the whole business over education thing but what happened was the vice chancellor of the university ended up having to sit and sit and be questioned for hours and basically berated for hours by the uh, Parliament's uh, committee, I think it was their Science and Technology Committee, and mm-hmm. basically he just got, like, it wasn't even a questioning session, it was just them all basically wagging their finger at him and being like, that is the dumbest idea we've ever heard, we can't believe you're even considering that, that's not the way <laughs> universities run, that's not why that they're, you know, at least partially public fund- publicly funded, so that you can just close a very good degree program simply because it's not profitable enough. That's not the way mm. education should work. But in any case, yeah, it was them hilariously berating the vice chancellor for like a couple of hours. And it just, but yeah, that, in this case, same thing apparently happened. Like the UK Parliament's committee just kind of didn't, they didn't, they, they kind of saw through the crap, which I can appreciate because oh my, yeah, they were just blurting out marketing selling points. And mm-hmm. come on, we are grown, uh, grown-ass grown adults here. Don't kid me on this stuff. We're not naive. We're not dumb. We're not, I'm not a five-year-old child here that you're explaining this to. I'm not naive. And so, 
just you know i would have a little bit more respect for them if they were a little more if they could be just honest about it and be like yeah we've designed these loot boxes and it is a form of gambling and you know and you know what maybe we should consider working with the government to create meaningful restrictions instead of just act waving our hands and acting like it's it's not a big deal or it's not a thing at all or you know we're ch trying to change completely change the conversation on it mm -hmm. no, i agree it's yeah. they also tried to put it into you know and this is just something that they're again pr ceiling they they basically mention just in this what's quoted here in the article that people like these things people love these things people like these things they're trying to change the conversation that's not the point lots of people enjoy gambling lots of people enjoy things that are absolutely terrible for them i love chocolate and cheese and neither of those things are health really that healthy for me not really <laughs> i love i have a sweet tooth and man i love cheese cheese is the thing that prevents me from being vegan so yeah i <sighs> It does, just because people like a thing doesn't excuse it, and that's what literally what they're trying to say here. People like Kinder Eggs. People like surprises. It's enjoyable to people. Get the fuck out of here. That's not that. That's not even the conversation. They're trying trying to change the conversation by acting like it's not gambling, and and also like I said by putting posing it like, well, people like this thing, so it should be allowed. People like a lot of things that are dangerous. And shouldn't be allowed. That's not that's not an argument. That's literally not an, not an even reasonably meaningful argument for this. So no part of what they said, no part of what EA said, is even remotely a good argument. It was just a long marketing spiel full of corporate BS. That's all it oh, was. Yeah. No, that was bullshit 101, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it's just and like, I, I would have more respect for them if they would be like, you know what, we're going to work with we're going to work with legislators and we're going to we're going to you know dive into this thing and make sure that you know that we don't end up with overly draconian laws you know mm -hmm. it's like like i said i don't mind some loot boxes and maybe if we just have laws about who can even buy them you know maybe you know only over 18 minimally you know that's one of the reasons by the way they mentioned kinder eggs and hatchimals notice the thing those two things that they mentioned are for kids so they're also in that same same bit of bullshit. They're also trying to wave away the idea that kids shouldn't be doing this. So see, they're trying to backdoor that thing in there by saying, "Oh, it's like Kinder eggs," which implies that it's for kids. Mm -hmm. And so that's also really made me angry. It's like you're trying to backdoor this idea in that this that loot boxes are fine for kids by comparing them to kinder eggs that's not that is not a fair comparison at all and i see what you're trying to do you're trying to make it more palatable that oh kids of course kids kids do this kinder eggs thing so of course what we're doing is fine it's all for kids it's just like kinder eggs it's all for kids that's what they're trying to backdoor here and i see right through that I see right through every single word they said. They're trying to make bad comparisons, bad faith comparisons, as well as mm -hmm. trying to pigeonhole in the argument that it's perfectly fine for kids and it's normal for kids. No. No on all accounts. You're completely wrong. And yeah, 
go take a long walk off a short pier because this is total BS. And like I said, I'm not against loot boxes, but some of these got to be done because they are taking advantage of it. And I think they gave away the game a little bit by attempting to backdoor in this argument about, you know, oh, it's perfectly fine for kids. They've revealed that they are targeting kids. Yep. They just no, they, they gave they gave away that. the game. They gave away the I, game. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Huh. So they just they just openly admitted, yeah, as a part of their weird argument, weird bullshit argument. Oh, it's perfectly safe for kids. No, it's just uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I'm, you know, instead of creating a corporate spiel for this, they should just work with the legislators to make some good sense stuff, because, the, the you know, these, these lawmakers, they don't necessarily know that much about video games, as we all know, as I mentioned when we were talking about Bernie Sanders, it's not that common, especially some of the, among some of these older lawmakers, for them to ever have been a gamer, even when they were young, even when they were young. And so they need they need people working with them to create this. They need the input from the industry. Not 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 excuses. How about assistance? How about working with them so that we don't end up with laws that literally ban all forms of loot boxes forever? Which I've never I I've mentioned multiple times now that I've never said that. My main problem has been the kids, the kids thing, the selling it, really selling it, really for to kids, to young kids, and so, yeah, <laughs> I see right through it. I'm so used to corporate speak at this point, and I'm so used to kind of discerning what people actually mean and what they're trying to do with an argument. I see every single thing they're trying to do with this, and it's all scummy, so scummy. All the arguments they're making are bad faith. Total scummy arguments. They should. No, they should. They should be ashamed. Ashamed. It's just. So as long as there's EAs out there, we're not going to get common sense legislation. We're more, more likely to get either nothing or something so draconian it's stupid. See, I and there again, like I've opened, I've even bought loot boxes. I mean, that's the thing. Like for, and I've mentioned this before for Terra, I got my. Flying llama by opening loot boxes ended up being, and I end up only having to open three or something before I got the, the the mount that I wanted. And it might have taken more than that, but it'll still end up being like a, a way cheaper than if I would just bought it outright. Which you can just buy them outright as well. It's just more expensive. And there again, it is taking advantage of the gambling aspect. But it's like as long as I'm able to do that, but somebody under eighteen isn't. I'm okay with that. So, yeah. But, yeah, surprise, surprise. Corporate folks be corporating. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, that was actually quite a bit. So, I think that's kind of all we're going to really cover. Uh, I, I guess I might mention a little bit of something in passing, because I don't think it deserves a huge mention. Um, so Steam added a LGBTQ tag for games. So that's that's a thing. I there's some a little bit of discussion around that, but I mean there's tags for literally everything on Steam. I mean there's female protagonist tags. 
I mean, there's there's tags for a lot of different stuff. So I think that'll be. Yeah. I think it's good. It'll just make it a little bit easier for people to find content and for people to avoid it. For those people that don't, that would be for whatever reason unsettled by you know not cool with LGBTQ content. You know what? Truth in advertising. Make it clear which games are and which games aren't. Of course, it'll be misused, but whatever. But yeah, I, like I said, I, don't, I I just wanted to throw that in in passing. Yeah, but I, I mean, hey, if it's your thing, go ahead. Yeah, like, but yeah, so yeah. <laughs> but I think it, I think it'll be cool, especially for some people that do want you know are are actually all about wanting better representation in in media, and it'll make it a little bit easier to find that stuff. But yeah, in any case, it's it's very much a side note. But that's 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 pretty much all the news for this week. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, we we flew through it. Any anything you want to add? Um, let's see. Well, with the new patch coming out for a while next week, uh, I will be streaming again. Uh, I'm switching from Rogue to Inha- to Ellie Shaman. Mm. So uh, it'll be an interesting twist because it'll be the first time I'm rating progression and new content as a. Uh, as a caster ranged as opposed to playing melee cool. all my rating career so cool yep i'll have to check well, yeah. i'll have to check your stream if i'm not whenever i'm not watching gdq <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah that's yeah that's cool man but yeah so if you wanted to contact us here at the podcast what's that email uh, that email address is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Indeed, that is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. I, yeah, I don't uh, know if we, I don't think we got any letters. No. I, well, I don't know if we did because Charlie is the one who holds all the cards when it comes to the email, so. Yeah. I'll just assume we got great mail praising us, uh, for our job well done, even though. They wouldn't have known until this aired in the first place. I'll just assume that's how it went because I don't know what's in the mailbox. Yeah, if we're missing, um, if we're missing a message, we will definitely get to it next week. I yeah, I'm not sure, but thank you so much, all of you that send in messages, send in emails. That means a lot to us. Thank you for commenting on our IGs, on um, you know, on the Wicked Awesome Cast IG, and yeah, thank you for the stuff. What's what's the uh, what's the Spells and sounds down the show notes below. Yeah, etc. That's the thing that Charlie So yeah, all, yep. all our contact information and what we are on social media. It's yeah, it's all on the show notes where you can you know our IG, our you know, our various social media, our Facebook. Yeah, you can find it in the show notes. Yes, indeed. And so, well, you want to take us out? Uh, sure. <clears throat> Cue the mess.